Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This week, it's the podcast where we watch Muppets at Walt Disney World 47 minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And we have one of our favorite guests, one of our most frequent guests. Who is it? Hi, I'm Danny Horn. So thrilled to be here. Danny Horn from Superheroes Every Day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Former, formerly of Tough Pigs. Uh, and yes, yeah. but always, always of Tough Pigs in our hearts. Yes, always oh, Tough yes. Pigs. Uh, and, and also and, now my new project is called Superheroes Every Day. And it's great. A blog I which it. everyone I should read. A blog which everyone should read. A uh, history of superhero movies in order and in detail. Uh, currently getting deep into Superman 2 uh, and moving on from there. How many it's installments great. was uh, your coverage of the first Superman movie? Uh, 100. Yeah. <laughs> which I learned was too many. So it's, it's very detailed, though. It so. is. It's, it's, I'm speeding up. Uh, oh, okay. My favorite thing, is, my favorite thing. thing about your coverage, my favorite thing about your coverage of Superman is that instead of entry 99, you turned the earth backwards to do another entry number 98. <laughs> yeah. And, and also did not comment on it. Like just the one That's about turning the earth backwards was 98 again. I love that. That is what how I roll. Now it's been, it's been really fun and uh, it would be great if people would combine to look. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all for it. I think they should. Great. But to, Today, we are talking about Muppets at Walt Disney World. As I said up front, Muppets at Walt Disney World was aired on NBC as part of Wonderful World of Disney on May 6th, 1990. So Jim Henson died just 10 days after this thing aired. Like, yeah. I'm not sure we think about how close this was to the end of his life. Like, he, you know, Kermit seems fine. All of his characters seem like themselves here, whatever. Oh, I think about this. This is, I think about this all the time. Like, this was... um Cause I don't know if you were like, if you were around, if you were like watching the stuff at that point, but like, um, this was so exciting. Cause like, here's the, like, we, you know, the, they'd done like the Jim Henson hour recently and it hadn't done that well and it got canceled. And now it was like, Oh, now they're going to be part of Disney. They're now they're going to be part of Disney parks. Like this is going to be like a new Renaissance of Muppet stuff. And then like a week and a half later, Henson dies. Right. This right. special um, exists yeah. because they thought that Disney was going to buy Henson Associates and the Muppets were going to become part of Disney. And then that all fell apart after Jim died. Yeah. Right. It, and, and of course we should say someone will say it if we don't. Yeah. Of course that did happen 14 years later. Yeah. Uh, eventually Disney did oh, yeah. buy the Muppets, but, but not at this time. And, and now actually they are, the Muppets are in the Imagineering division of Disney, which is the, the, the department that does all the theme park stuff. So that's yeah. kind of an interesting full circle thing. Right. Um, so before we get into the special, though, we should talk about our varying levels of experience with Disney parks, <laughs> because we all have indeed varying levels of experience. So, Danny, what's your what, what's your history? I know you're I, I know you're a big Disney parks guy. I love Disneyland. I go like before the pandemic. Usually go like two three times a year. Um, our big vacations over the last several years, like went to Tokyo, so I could go to Tokyo Disneyland. Went to Paris, I could go to Disney Paris. Um, I am a huge Disney Parks fan. Right. And Ryan? I am a, also a big fan of Disney Parks. I have been to Disney World in Florida three times and Disneyland in Anaheim three times. Um, I have not been to Paris or Tokyo or any of those, but I would like to eventually. Awesome. And I've never been to a Disney Park 
Okay, moving on. So, <laughs> well, this is so no, I have no. I know that like Anthony, that you you really don't like Disney parks. That you are no. It's have... not. It's it's not even. It's not even that I don't like. I've I've never been to one. I I have no idea. Genuinely, have no idea if I would like it or not. I probably would. But what I don't like is the fact that if you say you've never been to a Disney park, people are mm-hmm. like, "Oh, but you have to." Right. Oh, oh, wow. You haven't spent $2,000 to take a picture in front of the same castle as me? Wow. <laughs> How are you alive? Why are you a person? That's what I hate. It's oh, wait, like but, people yeah. but wait, wait. Why are you a person? <laughs> I, apparently, there's no reason. People, <laughs> like, if you say you haven't been to a real city or, like, an mm-hmm. actual landmark, that's just, people don't care. They're just like, yeah. oh, okay. Everybody you're does right. different stuff. But if you're like, I... I haven't been to this, like, you know, state fair food and long lines village in Florida. Right. People go nuts. <laughs> People act like you, like there's something wrong with you. And I'll never It's so funny it that you frame it in terms of, of a theme park versus a real city. Because one thing I've come to realize about myself is that I love artifice. Like if you gave me a choice between going to a national park or a theme park where everything is like fake and made by people i would pick the theme park every theme park time. every time yeah 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 i mean i don't it's awesome. i don't like th- i don't like thrill rides at all you know i can't do them so that's part of it um i always i always sound like a nutcase when i talk about this so i'm trying to figure <laughs> out what to say well so um, i do seems- i do anthony like i have i have potentially a solution for this which is as we're talking about this if we get into a point where like we're going like too far one direction or the other we will use the uh, time-honored de-escalation technique of saying, you know what? You've given us all a lot to think about. <laughs> Wait, who? which of us is going to say that to whom? It, I don't know. <laughs> so okay. somebody's just got But if it. we need it, like that is now... So just feel free to go, you know, wherever you want to go. And if we have to, okay. you've given us no, a lot I mean, to think about. I mean, like, you know, I, Ryan and I talked about this the other day. If we get to the point where... And I know what'll happen. Where, like... <laughs> We're talking about uh, an attraction that is seen in this special. Mm-hmm. And then you guys are like, oh, I have thoughts about that attraction for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just take a nap. You I don't mean, care. I don't yeah, have to you, listen to it. Can just go you, mean, corner. you mean like engage in the content of this special? Yeah, but if, like, if we do that. read a nice book while we No, do I, I don't. Nice. But that's what I'm saying. Is like, it's okay. All right. It's baffling to me <laughs> that the content of this special is like anything more real than the content of Muppets go to the movies. Like I have way more to say about like son of Frankenstein than I do about anything in this, you know, but like nobody shames me for not having opinions about son of Frankenstein. I'm telling you the neuroses go deep. I'm telling you, but you should go around other people for not having opinions (laughs) about son of Frankenstein. You should be like, what? You haven't seen son of Frankenstein. How are you a person? (laughs) And then everyone would resent me. There you you go. can't win. Yeah. I, I can't. I and 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 I know I've said this to you, Ryan, but like part of it is that I'm also a big Disney fan, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So like, for example, like my family and I are watching all of the animated movies in reverse order right now. We're going through them. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Started at Encanto. We're working backwards. We're at nice. like Meet the Robinsons right now. So oh, I you say, get into like, a you're that's a rough, that's a rough, rough patch. There. It's it. There's some yeah. There's I got Chicken Little and Home on the Range Home coming the, up. Yeah, yeah, Brother Bear. Um, but my point is nobody who does that mm-hmm. is like 
Also, oh, I think that I think everything would be better if no one ever mentioned Walt Disney World to me in my life. Right. Right. So, so, so that's why I think it's weird. It's because people like don't expect it. You know. And I have said to you that there's an alternate reality version of Anthony who likes the Disney parks and your personality is such like all of us here. And most of the people who are listening to this, that like, if you liked them at all, you would be doing nerdy things like, you know, ranking your favorite versions of Adventureland or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I can't imagine going to Florida. Right. <laughs> ever. Like, so you this, say that so this... and it's like, I get what you mean, but also like, this is just like, some place in some state I don't live. Who cares? I don't have feelings about Council Bluffs, Iowa. Why would I? Who cares? Oh, you have to go. You know? <laughs> oh You've God. never been to Council Bluffs, Iowa? You have. <laughs> so, so this special, it's the prequel to Muppet Haunted Mansion. Is that is that right? Yeah, Do which actually, Joe and I did a Tough Pigs article about how I don't care about the references in that. Oh, also, I was trying to, and I was that trying is to full on. of references, but it's. I thought it was interesting that you were able to enjoy that as much as you did. Well, but the references in that are also like, "This is a thing from the ride." Welcome, right. foolish Muppets. Like it's like it's it's all signposted, you know. Like it's like yeah. the Staller and Waldorf's doom buggy is stuck. That's the other thing. Apparently, the rides break down all the time, and that's part of the fun. What they don't is break this down place? all the time. They don't break down all the time. I think for you people, know, there's a been... joke in this special about how they break down all the time, and everyone knows it. Ha ha. <laughs> you know what, Anthony? You've given us what? all a lot to think about. <laughs> all right, so Muppets of Walt Disney. Wait, I did, the <laughs> other thing I wanted to say though is works. Um, it always people, works every time. People like to talk about. Uh, I guess children of the '90s like to talk about how every ABC sitcom. Did an episode where the yes. the cast went to mm-hmm. Disney World. Full House did it. Family Matters, Step by Step, Boy Meets World, Roseanne. But the Muppets awesome. did it first. I don't think there were any other. I mean, maybe like way back there was some other TV show that yeah. did a, a Disney, you know, Disneyland episode or something. But um, yeah, the Muppets were trailblazers in that way, <laughs> in that they, they did this before right. all those other sitcoms. Yeah, that is good. Um. But before we even get into it, it was like continuing to push off the special. Yes. Before the special starts, we have an intro from Michael Eisner. Uh, because Michael Eisner, who was the head of the Walt Disney Company in those days, really wanted to project an image that he was Walt Disney now. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, Wonderful World of Disney, he did an intro for every episode. He would say, hello. Like Walt Disney did. Yeah. I'm Michael Eisner. Yeah. And then it'd just He's be like so... a minute. He's so not, though. I will say, though, I definitely felt for that as a kid. Like, watching the magical world of Disney every single week on Sunday nights, I and and seeing him, I was like, oh, yeah, this guy is the new Walt Disney. Like, this is just the guy who's, you know, who gives a a friendly greeting and says, you know, we're going to, you're going to watch Robin Hood this week. Enjoy it. (laughs) Or Splash or whatever. He's trying for that kind of, like, effortless Disney, like, paternal charm. And he is just not built for it. No, he does like, not. That's he not, does not have that's that's not actually well, in his it. yeah. And and I actually right. think like this this opening um where he's trying to interact with Muppets, I think really shows. Like if you're kind of stiff, you know, you can get away with it, but if you're kind of stiff and you're standing next to Muppets, like yeah. right. it's real well, obvious well, how stiff you are. So so we should say what happens is he's eating breakfast with Fozzie and Fozzie's mom. And then he spills on his shirt sleeve, and then Gonzo's like, we'll clean it up. And then a bunch of Muppet monsters 
run in, including Uncle Deadly, which yes. nice to see that guy. And Tug <laughs> from Little Muppet Monsters. <laughs> they all run in and just kind of like they dogpile him. Yeah. yeah, they dogpile him. And then like the when they leave his shirts all shirts all ripped. And then he looks into the camera and says, they're here. But without <laughs> that, that much emotion, like you just yeah. did it much, much more expressively than he does. Yes, that's true. That's so. How do you how do you think he does it? Can you take? Can you um, do it's kind of like they're here. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. That would do it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a, a blooper reel from the special that's out there. Um, I'm not sure if it's on YouTube or not. Actually, currently it is. I just yeah. I just okay, great. It. Yeah. Um, a lot of the blooper reel at the beginning <laughs> is from this intro because Michael Eisner has a really hard time with his lines here, especially saying. I'm here at the Grand Floridian Hotel. He keeps messing that up. He says the Gland Floridian and the, the, the Gland Floridian. He just can't get these lines right. And of course, Fozzie and his ma are having a lot of fun with it, like kind yeah. of lightly making fun of their, their would-be new boss. But <laughs> um, yeah, that's fun to watch. Welcome, everyone. I'm in the lobby of the Gland. I'm sorry. Gland. Gland Floridian. Well, we could change the name. Could I request a, a room with a cave? Because oh. I'm, I'm used to I'd that. I'd like to hibernate oh, 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 oh. here. Welcome, everyone. I'm in the lobby of the Gland. Gland. The Gland. The Gland. This is wonderful hotel. Thank, Thank you. you for letting us stay here. Oh, we Such a beautiful Well, bears yeah. don't usually get to get, go in places like this. Oh, thanks a lot. Mm. We, it's oh. great. Welcome, everyone. I'm in the lobby of the Grand Floridian. We, oh. Okay, who else can we get? <laughs> <laughs> One thing that um that is fun about that also is is um I think in every take Fozzie and Ma are saying different things. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like can like Ma at one point says, That's a nice chandelier, can we take it home with us? Or yeah. Something like that. And yeah, every time it's a it's a new thing as the take begins. Yeah, those guys That's are great. funny. I, Which I, is lovely and just shows like Frank Oz just refuses to do the same thing twice. Yeah. And I actually haven't seen that. So I'm glad you told me because and I'm sure many of our listeners will, will be in the same boat. Yeah. So okay. I got to go check it out after we're done recording. So the thing that I think is important about this intro is um, like this really is this uh, this collision now of like Disney and Muppets, which up until now have been kept very separate. Um, I think it was like Hanson's death obviously is super tragic for all of the reasons. One of them is like, I think he would have had so much fun doing Disney park stuff. He clearly loved Disney parks and it, it seems to me like, okay. So the thing that happened, just if folks don't know, um, is that in 1989, Eisner suggested to Henson that, that they acquire the Muppets. They announced that they're working out a deal. Um, and then it took like more than a year for that for that deal actually to like get settled by the lawyers. There's a Which lot of I imagine is pretty standard for for big mergers yeah. like that. But while that was going on, Henson was so excited about doing stuff that he just started doing stuff. Um, the the contract was going to include like not just the characters and the merchandising and stuff, but also Henson was going to have a creative contract with them for 15 years, and that's that's huh. basically the reason why it um why it fell apart when he died because they were like well, but the you know but the terms right, of the contract didn't were just like want the muppet characters they also they wanted, wanted this creative yeah. genius yeah and he was but yeah. he was so excited that like he made muppet vision 3d they made 
this Muppets at Disney World special, they recorded a whole live show that uh, debuted in the parks like a couple weeks after um, after Henson died. Yeah, that was called Here, Here Come, Come, the, Come Muppets. the Muppets, right? Yeah. So they were, he was just like headlong doing stuff. And and then the problem was like when he died and then everything fell apart that Disney was like, OK, I guess we can keep showing this stuff, though, because here we are doing it. Um, and that's and so that is kind of how things got messy. Um, but it's but it is lovely here, like seeing, um, you know, that if Disney is um, is often thought of as kind of like precious and perfect and is like trying to keep everything very clean and very nice. Like, this is the Muppets coming in and saying, like, no way. Like, they're just, like, inherently chaotic and messy. And they're, like, going right. to screw up the perfection of this part. Right. The potential right. for yeah. the Muppets to make fun of Disney is just, yes. there's, there's just so much there. Yeah. And so that's, like, the the poltergeist reference. That's the, like, they're here because, right. because he knows in his heart that something dangerous <laughs> is yeah, on its way. I, I see- I see people <laughs> on social media occasionally like saying stuff like, Oh, if Jim Henson had lived, he never would have sold the Muppets to Disney. But like, no, he wanted to, he, he was, was so really into it. Yeah. To do it. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say, and this is a discussion for another time, perhaps, <laughs> but, uh, what but, is but that, I think when that, has that sentence ever been said on this podcast? <laughs> I think that Michael Eisner's Disney that, that Jim Henson was planning to sell to mm-hmm. and Bob Iger's Disney who ended up, you yeah, know, mostly dealing with the Muppets after after Eisner left mm-hmm. are two very different animals. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Like, like I think that I think that Eisner wanted the Muppets to become part of like the classic Disney family, mm-hmm. and then he bought the Muppets, retired, and Bob Iger was like, "Forget all that crap. Give me, <laughs> give me, give me Marvel. Give me Star Wars. Right. You know. And also, like, let's I don't, just keep. Making I don't want the same any of this. Any of this. Again. Yeah, let's let's remake all the movies. Forget about made. new things. Need... Nobody cares about right, new well, things anymore. I mean, let's just the, right. Keep I mean, on the Muppets. The, the Muppets are an old thing. Well, so yeah, that sure. doesn't apply in this case. But but at, at, the, at this <laughs> um, time, like but, they were still like they had never stopped being active. Wait, are we right, are we right. mad at Iger? I hate Iger. I think he's the worst. I didn't yeah. realize that. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he's the worst, but I think I guess that's that's harsh. I think he has very little interest in. Like what I think of as the Disney brand, mm. I think I think he has much more interest in, like we bought Star Wars, Marvel we bought Wars. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's hard like, to imagine like, Disney what can, buying what, Star Wars in any previous era. Right, yeah. right. I think I think that like the the Disney name used to mean like a very specific, like family yeah. friendly focused thing, and Iger just wanted it to mean we own all entertainment. Huh. And I think it, I think that it has pumped a lot of stuff, money into Star Wars and Marvel at the expense of, like, what what I want Disney to be. Right. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. I like I like having everything all in one place, and then we can just we were, watch it all on Disney Plus. We were going to get Captain America movies no, no matter what, you know, right. like, <laughs> and anyone could make those. Anyways, see, I'm so grumpy today. This is what happens when no, I, I agree me. with everything. This is what just happens. Said. Yeah, well, there you go. I, so I, I don't. But, I, I don't what? need. I don't need giving one us all a lot to think to about. Own every single entertainment thing in in history. Right, and like the the Fox buyout, I hate that. Yeah, me too. 
And like like you say you say everything on Disney Plus. Everything's not on Disney. Do you know what's not on Disney Plus, Danny? What most of the old terrible live action Disney movies, which is like yeah. what I want to be. Like give me like I can't like what? I can't computer, watch computer wore tennis shoes is on it. No, that no that's that. on there. But I'm talking <laughs> no I'm talking about like Moon Return Pilot. To which now? No, like I'm talking moon about like pilot? yeah Moon Pilot. Never a dull moment. Um, is the ugly like, docks in uh, there? Uh, ugly dachshund, I'm not sure. But, like, Monkeys Go Home isn't on there. Like, this is what I'm saying. Old, terrible garbage mm-hmm. that is what I think of when I think of the name Disney. Like, they're, like Home Alone is on a Disney streaming service, that, but yeah, not that feels Monkeys so weird Go Home? The Simpsons. That, it just, it just yeah, feels so Simpsons, weird. Yeah, the Simpsons, like, it's, it's wrong. I don't like yeah. it. I don't care for it. You know? All right. Um, you have, you have yeah. a very particular vision of, of what you would like to see today. Yeah, it's just be 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 the Walt Disney Company, you know, not not be right. not be whatever else. But this is what happens when someone reminds me that Walt Disney World exists. You've, given, right. you've given us you've given us all a lot to think about. I can just leave if you guys want to just talk. <laughs> I don't about absolutely I don't. No, this is good. All stuff. right, this is lovely. All I right, love so, it. So what happens in this one? We actually uh, swamp. when the when the or swamp right when the actual special starts out. Oh, we see the Muppets walking through the swamp. We get this great shot of all their feet walking through the swamp. This must be a lovely. nightmare for all those people out there who hate seeing Muppet feet. Because it's a shot of just the feet of all the Muppets. I don't know. There are just people who, who talk them. about... Yeah, they talk about how weirded out they get to, to think about the Muppets having feet. I, I mean... I feel like today I am learning about people <laughs> disliking things that I had no idea people were disliking. I, um, this is a new. This I, is a very educational experience for me. This podcast. <laughs> I think that those people don't like to see full body Muppets, and what we're seeing here is not full body Muppets, right? It's just that's like, true. So you think just, they would be just okay like with someone just moving legs feet up without now. seeing the rest of the Muppet? I I think it's better. I think there's. I think what those people don't like is like, oh, why does Fozzie have a whole body? Which I again, I don't really get it, but I think like that's when you see the complaints, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, but I think, you know, now they know they're going to Disneyland or going to Disney World like they they are going to be presented as as live costumes. And this is now heralding that's true. the arrival of Muppets with Legs. They have to know what go. all of their legs look like. Exactly. Uh, but but before they get to Walt Disney World, they're not they're not going there. They're going to no. visit Kermit's family in the swamp. Yes. And so they make some jokes as they walk up. We kind of see all the pairings we're going to follow throughout the show. They're all introduced one by one here. And everyone hates that they have to go see Kermit's family. <laughs> like, they're, they're all just and they're not complete wrong. jerks to him about it. They're not um, wrong. There's so, so one thing that's funny is, like, there is a question about, like, who knows what's happening right now and who doesn't. Um, it seems like Kermit has just tricked everybody. Um, but it, as they go down the line, like Floyd has a fishing pole and Janice has a surfboard and Link Hogthrob <laughs> has like a floaty. A floaty, yeah. So they like, they all know that it's water related. It's going to be water. Yeah. The thing that they're going to, but they're very fuzzy on the details. Um, Kermit has, right. Kermit has tricked them all. Uh, Ma Bear, right. he's, they've, uh, they have picked up. Ma Bear from Muppet Family Christmas, and now she gets to, to like, now she's a real character. Like, now she's not just, like, a one she's special like, character. Yeah, so great Yeah, she's, like, part of, of the gang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once again, Fozzie has, like, ruined her vacation time. Oh, that's true. 
But Fozzie doesn't seem to know what's going on either. Like, no, none of them do. Kermit and Kermit, we we find out that he has promised Piggy that there's a great surprise coming up, which turns out to be the annual Frog Festival and Bug Fry. And again, he everybody is, hates that. He is weirdly uncharacteristically clueless. <laughs> About this, I think. I really, it's, it doesn't, I don't really under, like, he knows. He knows what this is. That's why he didn't well, tell them. But yeah, he knew That's yeah. why he didn't he tell them. Yeah. 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 So, um, this is unfermit, so, really. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it is. Um, but they get there and they meet Kermit's family and then they all sing the first of the specialized many songs, uh, yeah. all of which were written by Mark Raddis, we should, we should note. And the first one here is Knee Deep, sung by Kermit's family. All about how great it is eating bugs in the swamp. And I think all these songs are I, great. I think they're all great. And I think really? this one rules. I think this is such a great way. You don't I, like them? <laughs> Excellent. All right. Now I get to be cranky. Uh, <laughs> okay. There we go. All right. This is my turn. Uh, I liked many of the songs. I like some of the songs. Um, but this is a weird way to begin a Kermit, like a Muppet Disney World special. Is it, it completely is completely randomly. It takes about eight minutes to place. actually get a glimpse of Disney World. Yeah, and like, and so they're in Paradise Swamp, and they're and they've met all these like terrible Southern annoying frogs, um, and there's bugs, <laughs> and it's and it's muddy, and then they sing a whole song about how great it is to like sit in the mud and eat bugs, which yeah, is well, like that's so thing is i had a nightmare i had a recurring nightmare that i think is based on this scene um that especially like i moved to to san francisco like whatever it was like 12 years ago um and there were a couple which is now like i'm now close to disneyland you know ish closer than i than i used to be uh and but there was like a couple years before we actually went to disneyland and so I started having this recurring nightmare. So it might have started then or it might have been earlier. I had it for a long time that like I'm having a dream about whatever it is. It was always like a different dream. And then at a certain point I would realize like, oh, wait, but Disneyland is like right over there. Like, why haven't we been doing that this whole time? Um, and I think it's based on this. It's like oh, wherever I happen to be. Yeah, I was like, yeah, huh. I can't believe that we're sitting here in the mud right now. And Disneyland is right. I could walk to it, and I'm not there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, oh, yeah. So this kind of scarred me in some way. Uh, That's so. Also, fun. I mean, it ma- it makes sense, but I'm just gonna keep going on the song. Uh, also, there is at least one line in here that I need to check with you guys. There's several several of these weird songs um, have lyrics that don't make sense. Uh, the one I'm most concerned about right now is well, the dinosaur. Can I guess? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what ahead. I was going to guess. The dinosaurs could have used some oars when they sank to the bottom of the bog. <laughs> actually, my real concern is the next two lines. We don't sink in the fragrant stink because we broke old Newton's laws. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how I hear it. Is that how you guys hear it? Yeah, that's it, I think. Yeah, frogs broke, apparently cause they can, can defy gravity. Because they, they can when jump When they jump in the mud, high. they don't sink. They just yeah. get to swim because around Because we broke in the mud. old Newton's laws. Yeah, it, yeah. It does, the laws of gravity do not apply to them when they're swimming around <laughs> in the they, mud. This is no, what I'm because, saying. This is going to come up again. Super high. This is going to come up again in these high. in these songs of like just one line that just does not does not sit right with me. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, so, but what I was so going to say go. about this is so after the song, 
then Kermit is like, we well, can watch the... F- I, I was just going to say also about the song. I, I like that it's sort of thematically similar to the, the Chili Down song by the Fireys from Labyrinth. Because mm-hmm. they're both basically yeah. just like these groups of characters talking about how great it is that their lives are like, they have no responsibilities and they just hang out all day. So yeah. that's fun. And then I like the staging of it where there's, it, it, it feels like a later, like last couple seasons of the Muppet show number to me mm-hmm. where there's this sort of elaborate set and many, many Muppets on this sort of tiered set where there's things happening in the background in the middle and the foreground. So yeah. Um, yeah. I just think it's fun. They really yeah, did make a huge effort to like, there's, and they all look real different. Like they have different kinds of clothes and yeah. Um, and some of them have hair and yeah, it's yeah. definitely like, and, it's interesting looking and, for sure. Oh wait, do any of them have ears? I didn't notice any ears. I looked People for were very concerned when any. we didn't talk about one of the frogs in Muppets Take Manhattan having ears. So, but uh, I forgot you know to look for ears. You know it was Bill, Ryan. You know it was Bill. Bill. Okay. Bill. Oh, right. We talked <laughs> Bill about has, making a t-shirt Bill that says ears, Bill has yeah. ears. Bill has ears. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, I do want to give a shout out to Kevin Clash as the deep voiced frog. He's a tiny little mm-hmm. guy, yeah. deep voice, and he says knee deep all the time. Knee I think deep. that's great. I, love yeah. it. I think that's so uh, charming. I also like that the frogs that Kermit introduces are named Harry and Mary and Larry and Terry and Gary and Perry and Emmylou. <laughs> that Thank kind you. of joke, like the Muppets have done that before and after, but that, that always gets me. Yeah. You love it. Yeah. That's Ryan. That's, they, in fact, Ryan they did. just did a joke like that on the new Fraggle Rock when the Murgle queen is introducing the the Murgle. She's like, this is Durgle and yeah. Flurgle and Burgle and Hergle and Larry, something like that. Yeah. It's a very similar yeah. joke. Yeah. And they introduced uh, Bean Bunny. Yes. Bean and Which Clifford are the characters who have survived the the, the canceling of the Jim Henson hour. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. They're both here. Um, We'll talk more about them. But after the song, Kermit says, we can watch the fireworks from Walt Disney World. And then everyone, which mm-hmm. this is what I was going to say, Danny, is you and I disagree. <laughs> You're like, You would have stayed and eaten Kermit. bugs. Well, no. like, just Here's what I'm saying is typical <laughs> Disney Parks fans, right? Yeah. yeah. Huh? Bunch of jerks. Like, nothing real is important. Let's go to the shiny <laughs> fake town and see what's happening over there. We're, our friend brought us to his see his family traditions and like, who cares? Let's, let's go see what's going on in, yeah. in like shiny fake town. Wow. Th- I, this scene uh, must really speak to you. It strikes like you talked about this being a strange beginning. It yeah. does strike such a sour tone for me. Like genuinely. Wow. That it's like, that it's like, we're going to go meet Kermit's family. Who cares about Kermit's family? <laughs> you know, it's awful. Yeah. Let's go visit something that we can totally go do whatever. Yeah. Even yeah. uh, even Fozzie, who's like you know supposed to be Kermit's best friend, he says yeah. um, something like Kermit, you're you're forcing us to choose between Walt Disney World and fried bugs. It's like this; it's not even a question, even for Kermit's best friend. Right, that's what I mean. Okay, but it is fried bugs, though. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't want to eat fried bugs. So I just I'm had them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but anyways, uh, so then what happens? They go to Walt Disney World, of course. Yes, and when they get there. Eventually, we're going to see a bunch of characters pair off and wander around the park. But first, they need to get in. And so they try to get in. And who's there? Security guard Charles Grodin. Three. Quentin Fitzwaller. Quentin Quentin Fitzwaller, right. Charles Grodin as Quentin Fitzwaller. And he uh, doesn't want to let them in. He tries uh, to arrest Kermit and Robin. 
And while he's talking to them, Animal uh, knocks over the turnstile and they all break in. That's when he tries to arrest them, I guess. I like that Charles Grodin agreed to play a security guard in a Muppet TV special. Um, (laughs) I I guess this is only like two years after Midnight Run, so I would think that he would still be considered something of a movie star, but... um, Yeah, I mean, he was I'm just glad he didn't consider this beneath him. It's a a big role, though. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And And clearly he's very funny here. Yeah, and he likes the Muppets because he was in Great Muppet TV. Right, uh, and and has spoken fondly about it often. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And whereas Nikki Holiday in Great Muppet Caper was a, a uh, what was it, a parasite? Um, irresponsible parasite. Irresponsible parasite, mm-hmm. yes. Quentin Fitzwaller is very responsible. Like, he's so committed yes. to doing his job. So Not competent, but he's but responsible. No, yeah. true. Yeah, yes, but a, yes. a very different character. So I have a couple, um, a couple thoughts about them breaking in. Um, one of them is... Uh, this is once again, the standard Muppet story of starting from poverty and then ending up in the big front office, mm. which they do true, in yeah. Muppet movie. They do it in great Muppet caper, Muppet Sig Manhattan. Um, they get onto Broadway. And now here, once again, we have no money. We can't like, we just, we're all muddy because we were just in a swamp and we have zero money. And, and then eventually they're going to end up in the, in Lou Lord's uh, office. Yeah, and I was thinking Lord about this, where, this. Yeah, right, where on, on those ABC sitcoms, they usually come up with some reason, like, there's, on Full House, uh, Uncle Jesse's band is playing a gig at Disney World, so it's like, yeah. everyone else can come along, and on Family Matters, Steve Urkel is entering a science contest at Epcot, and it's like, everyone else can come along, so they're all like, Oh, here's a vacation that we're all going on. But this, it's this it is happens. like we're busting in. This is an occupation, yeah, really, completely by accident. And yeah, yeah I, it just seems so appropriate for the Muppets. Yeah, right. Well, well, and it like also Kermit keeps talking about how he doesn't have any money, right? Through, through this yeah. entire thing. Yeah, like Kermit knows. Like I don't know. Well, right, right. But I mean, <laughs> like he left his wallet in the swamp. But it but it comes up multiple times. It's not like they just bust in and then Kermit's like whatever about it. Well, right. that's no, because you have, that's because I mean, Anthony, you were correct. Like you go to a Disney park, your wallet is in your hand a lot. Like yeah. that's oh, not, I know. The, I mean, well, like here's here's what I have in not, my notes. That's not an unusual thing. But here's what I have in my notes. Kermit yeah. keeps saying that he doesn't have any money. The subtext is that that's why he's miserable in the park because the only reason it exists is to suck you dry. <laughs> so I know I, that. Yeah, I can't I, disagree. That's with that. why I haven't paid the two. That's why I haven't paid the two grand, Danny. <laughs> Kermit <laughs> definitely feels like they don't belong there, like because he's also sort of the whole time he's wanting to kind of round up the gang and and get out of there to go back to the bug fight because he right. just yeah he just feels like they do not belong in this theme park. Right, and he also wants to see his family. Yes, that's, like, that's what I mean. Like that's what that's what. It's Screw such a strange family. framing device. Screw like genuinely, family. it's so strange. Uh, so another thing is that um, there are three parks within the Walt Disney World Resort at this time. Like now, there's four, um, but in 1990 there were three. Um, there's Magic Kingdom, which was built in 1971. There's Epcot, which is 1982, and then MGM Studios in 1989. Uh, and so that was really new and exciting. Um, for this special, like that had just that had just opened the previous year. Yeah, I figured um, that's probably why they start there, right? Yeah, because this is the new right. Part so they are they yeah, want everybody so, to know about. Yeah, so the turnstiles now are in like this is the front of MGM Studios, um, and so throughout the special, they're going to hop from one 
park to the other yes, without, the Muppets without have saying magical that that's what they do. park hopping yeah. passes. They just yes. teleport instantaneously. Oh, it, it teleport. Yeah. I was going to say and they then, don't have passes. So, well, and in, in, just broke it. And that's actually, yeah. So in Disneyland, like, it's actually easy like they're the two there's two at that resort as well there's disneyland and then there's um there's disney's california adventure but it's basically just like there's a plaza and one is on one side the other you know you can very easily walk back and forth between them um but at walt disney world they're a lot farther away there's like swampland and you have to like take a tram or take like a monorail or something like it's a journey to hop from like epcot to mgm studios and so that's so the the muppets are um as you say, they're teleporting, like... Yeah, they just do it effortlessly. They'll be in yeah. one park in one scene and another park in the next scene. Yeah. They do not so that is my follow com- this. <laughs> Much like the frogs, uh, the frogs not obeying Newton's law, the Muppets have that's to know. Right. They, they do not obey the laws of time and space. That is exactly correct. Right, so... Uh, oh, actually, I had another thing I wanted to mention. Yeah. When we first see these glamour shots of all three parks, mm-hmm. um, there's a music cue that plays... Which starts out as when you wish upon a star. Yeah. So it's like, okay, Disney, 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 Disney. And then it, it briefly segues into being green. So it's like, oh, okay, oh, it's, yeah. it's Muppets. Yeah. Muppets are in the studio. Yeah, yeah. But then it segues back into when you wish upon a star to finish. <laughs> so it's very much like Disney sort of imposing like, okay, Aww. Muppets are here, but it, we're still going to be, you know, they're going to be surrounded by Disney at all times. <laughs> right. So when once they all get into the park, yes. we kind of just they split off into these mostly pairings of characters mm-hmm. and I'm just going to kind of go through each one in order of the order that we first see them. I'm not going to bounce back and forth between the storylines, but cause they mostly just kind of do variations on the same joke. Um, and, and the most emblematic of these, I think is Bunsen and Beaker whose storyline started back at the swamp, which is that Beaker gets a bucket on his head. And every time we see Bunsen and Beaker, and again, this is all fun stuff. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not knocking it. But every time we see Bunsen and Beaker, it is a joke about bu- the bucket on. Yeah, it's just, head. it's just Beaker has a bucket on his head. Yeah. something happens. You right. know, um, can, can they get the bucket off of his head? Right. So it's like Bunsen draws a face on it. Bunsen gives him a wig and sunglasses, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's such a great visual. Um, they go, the Swedish chef works at the park, I guess. And yeah, so so the- they. All the Muppets are just running in and exploring the park and having a great time. But the Swedish chef is really showing a lot of entrepreneurial um, initiative by opening his own little small business in World Showcase right. at he, Epcot. He, he opens a taco stand. Yeah, there's no there's no Sweden a Swedish, a Swedish A Swedish taco stand. Right. Svenska tacos. Says Svenska tacos, uh, yeah. yeah. With chili and, and Luke fish. There's no Sweden pavilion right. in World Showcase, but he kind of creates his own, which is, yeah. you know, it's, it's admirable. Right. Yeah. Hey, do you know what we call those at the Minnesota State Fair, Ryan? Do you know what we call them? Svenska tacos? I have no idea. You know what we we call them? Of the tacos. Do you really? I was going to say that, and then I thought, ah, that's a dumb joke. But I decided not to, but I should have said it. 100% true. There is a stand at the Minnesota State Fair called Of the Tacos. Okay, so now explain Of to our listeners. Okay, so (laughs) Of is a very, like, Scandinavian-American expression. I don't know that it's actually Norwegian or actually Swedish, but it's very Scandinavian-American, and it basically means, oh, wow, or oh, my goodness, or I am overwhelmed, right? Something goes wrong, you just say, oh, Of Like you're exasperated. You're exasperated. And I got Ryan a refrigerator magnet that said Ufta on it 
like Aww. 15 years ago. Many years ago, and I still have it, yes. Um, but anyways, so the Swedish chef is selling tacos, and he gives Beaker his hottest sauce, and it makes Beaker's bucket fly off of his head because it's so hot, and then, of course, it lands right back on his head. I love the gag of the, the chef uh, explaining how hot each of the sauces mm-hmm. is when he like he, he picks up the, the mild, and he's like... This one, Wimpy. and then the medium is yeah. like, and then the <laughs> hot one is like hotskatatska, and he he like he throws it from hand to hand because it's so hot he can't even hold on to it. Yeah, right. You know what yeah. I love about that scene? The way the very enthusiastic way that Bunsen says, "My friend here would like one of your fine tacos, please." Oh, yes. Tacos. <laughs> Well, my friend here would like one of your fine tacos, please. <laughs> so good. It's like yeah. it's such a funny line reading. That's funny. Uh, um, but yeah, so that's kind of, that's but all that we being said, and Beaker do. That being said, yeah, yeah, the bucket on Beaker's head, I don't, I don't find amusing. Oh, no? No. Nah, that's well, one of the, I'm just, yeah. I, I do, I, love I do the like. the fact that he still has it at the very end of the special. Like, even yeah. when it's presumably hours later, he still yeah, just has still it, got it, yeah, it stuck it, on his head. It, it doesn't come off. Never, um, yeah. But I I do think that in general, the fact that this whole, they spend a lot of time doing variations on, on mm-hmm. the same jokes. Yeah. Is why, is why I don't like this quite as much as Muppet Family mm-hmm. Christmas, where it's, mm. where it's always something new, you know? Yeah. That's true. Uh, um, I mean, I, I, I do like this special quite a lot. I know I've been complaining mm-hmm. about Walt yeah. Disney World or whatever, but it's a funny Muppet special that I enjoy, you know? Yeah. I guess they're, they're going to different locations in the parks, but you're, you're right. They're still doing similar gags repeatedly yeah yeah right and there is something i might as well i might as well talk about this here um there's something weird about this special that i can't quite figure out they don't really fully engage with the disney parks they spend a lot of time doing other stuff so like it starts with like the swamp and like we have to be concerned about the swamp for a while um like they don't go to a lot of like the most obvious like disney-ish things they don't go to fantasy land they don't go to adventure land they don't go to to frontier land like they spend zero time talking about any of that stuff well some of that is that it's just hard to shoot muppets going on rides which is why we only see that a few times but they don't even like engage with characters like you would think that pinocchio there'd be something in there Mm. like peter pan they there's one they they engage with like Star Tours and Indiana Jones very much, um, and then there's one character family that they're allowed to interact with, which is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Right, and the country besides bears that, at the end. and the, yeah, I guess in the country bears a little bit. Um, but besides that, they don't really like. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of like that bucket stuff could happen anywhere. That's true. The taco yeah. thing could happen anywhere. Yeah. I mean, Gonzo, it does, yeah, Gonzo it's, spends it's just... a lot of time in the laundry. Well, oh, I love like, that. Joe Ralph goes, I, Ralph I goes into another space. I'm just thinking it's, it is it is weird to me. Like, there is, for me at least, like this sense of um, there's some distance between the Muppets and, like, the Disney stuff. It's like they're almost trying to stay away from the, well, the most Disney-ish Disney stuff. Yeah, and Gonzo's and Ralph's uh, arcs or whatever they are, they, yeah. they both take place in places that a guest visiting Disney world would not actually go to. Yeah. So I, I wonder if that's sort of like a little bit of rebellion on the, on the part of the Muppet people. Like, okay, we'll, we'll do this thing. That's 
basically an hour long commercial for your parts. Right. But we're going to do it our way. And we're going to do yeah. like, like Kermit is going to sing us. They're going to sing rainbow connection, like with Cinderella castle in the background. And yeah. like Fozzie is going to do a, a stand-up special, like with the Mark Twain riverboat in the background. Right. But we're not going to go on the Mark Twain riverboat. Yeah. You, and yeah, like I'm thinking about Bunsen and Beaker when we see them, one of the first times they're in Epcot in yeah. the future world section. Mm-hmm. Which you, you think would, would be right up their alley. Right. You would think there's actually like, very inv- yeah, interventions worlds. that actually should be where they're totally where they spend well, all the time. And it's funny. I wanted to mention this. I, I think that one of those shots in the background, you can see like the, the space between the two interventions buildings, yeah. which is where. I don't know if they're doing this currently, but I don't think oh, so. Oh, yeah, the Bunsen Beaker, the, Mupp- the... Yeah, the Muppet Mobile Labs thing yeah. uh, used to come out, which is like this... Uh, is it remote controlled? It's like this thing with an animatronic <laughs> Bunsen and Beaker who interact with an audience. and uh, Where it's, yeah, it's remote where like there's there's puppeteers kind of, you know, in the distance somewhere right. that they nobody's looking at who are like... Because they interact with, with guests, but... Yeah, who are like doing uh, the voice and, doing, and using uh, Puppet... Yeah, so that's pretty much the same location. Yeah, um, yeah, but they sure. don't. So anyway, I just think that's very. It's. Uh, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Right. No, I I agree. So let's talk about what those storylines where they don't interact with <laughs> Disney IP very right. much. Let's talk. Let's talk about what those are. Um, right. Fozzie and his mom are out there, and they don't have money for lunch because again, nobody has any right. money. This is a special about how you can. Have fun at the Disney parks without money? No, you, you can just break in. Yeah, it's Yeah, fine. you can break yeah. in. Everything will go yeah. just fine for you if you break into a Disney park. But you can't. You don't have to pay $109 a day for a one-day pass. You can just go <laughs> in. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Ugh. Everything Anyways, will turn out okay. Um, um, yeah, Fozzie and his ma, their primary goal is to get food. Right. And so they'd Fozzie's mom, uh, ma, Emily Bear, whatever you want to call her, she pressures Fozzie into doing a comedy <laughs> act to try to raise money, just like on the thoroughfare. Mm-hmm. And she, what I love is that she's introducing him and she does the music from the Muppet yeah. Show. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we just see like the crowd is indifferent. And every once in a while we cut back and the crowd is still indifferent. And I, then, I like when she passes the hat or attempts to and she says, put some money in the hat, folks. A little money for money some for honey. Some funny. Oh, some, is it some honey? I thought it was some funny. funny. You know, I played it back a few times. I think she says honey because she had previously she wants the said honey sandwich. Yeah. that she wants a honey sandwich, ah, which sounds okay. like not a very good meal to me. I don't think that would be <laughs> no, satisfying. Right. You're not a bear. But maybe I'm not a bear. Yeah, exactly. You're not so. a bear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we see this a few times. The first time Fozzie is rejected by the crowd I think a lot of the extras in this are just people who happen to be at Disney World. Like <laughs> they have like to that. be because they seem so yeah. awkward and like not professional actors. So yeah. the first time we see Fozzie get rejected by the audience, there's this one kid who, as he's walking away, he he does this hand gesture, like kind of kind of waving his hand, <laughs> get like ah, get out of here. And then as he continues to walk away, he does that three more times. Like, oh, really? <laughs> okay, we get oh, it, kid. Like you that. don't Aww. like Fozzie's act. Yeah, he, he doesn't he like Fozzie. Yeah, and then the next time we see the audience who's bored by Fozzie's act, it's this family of five, and all of the, I think there's two or three boys and a dad, and they're all wearing very similar blue tank tops, which is, I had never noticed before, but this is the kind of thing that you notice when you pause and go back a lot to do a podcast. And also the entire family appears to have mullets. (laughs) 
<laughs> I would yeah, need to see a better resolution. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to see a better resolution version of this to be sure, but it looks like all five of them have mullet uh, haircuts. I am surprised that it that it never occurred to me to examine those people. Yeah, I'm yeah. shocked. I'm shocked at my own at my own lack of. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah. So something that that is is funny here is like again, you know, yes, they broke in, and now Fozzie's panhandling. Like this is not a thing you can do. At no, Walt Disney no. World. I mean, I guess they people might you. think they might assume that for Fozzie, they would performer. think he's part of the act. Yeah, he, yeah, they might think he's one of the performers who's employed by the park. But they yeah. think he's Winnie the Pooh. Could be. Yeah. Uh, but in speaking of celebrity yes. bears, Kermit. This story is line is resolved when Kermit shows up. Mm-hmm. And helps Fozzie find his audience, which is of course the Country Bears. Yeah. Um, from from the Christopher Walken movie of the same name. <laughs> oh no! Country Bear Hall has been destroyed. <laughs> okay, I, I'm so I we we'll we'll talk about this plenty later. But I'm yeah. so excited for our season about Muppets 2011 when we get to talk about how it's the same movie as the Country Bears movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You you know that Danny? It's exactly the same plot. I didn't know. I haven't seen the Country Bears movie. Now I'm gonna have to, the Country I'm gonna Bears movie is about a is about a bear child who's raised by a human family uh-huh. and loves the Country Bears. And I'm, I'm serious. This is all true. Yeah, yeah. Loves the Country Bears. Uh, wants yeah. to get them reunited because that's like the only thing he's ever felt like he fits in with. So he's going to reunite them. They're going to have a big concert at Country Bear Hall. But mm-hmm. evil real estate developer Christopher Walken wants to destroy Country Bear Hall. That's the plot of that movie. Okay. Came out they, nine, and, it came out nine years before Muppets 2011. And they travel around and shopping. pick up the, each member of the band one by one. And it, Yeah, and it has like a bunch of celebrity cameos and stuff, like a yeah. Muppet movie. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, right. it's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, I do want to note that I think there are, what, five bears that show mm-hmm. up and, and appreciate Fozzie's comedy. But actually only two of them are Country Bear Jamboree characters. I was wondering so, about that. It's, I tried to um, I tried to figure it out and couldn't. Yeah, it's Brer Bear, who's I know that one from yeah. the movie Song oh, of the South, sure. which is you know a band or whatever. Yeah, and also yeah, the right from Splash uh, Mountain. Splash Mountain is what most people probably know him from now. Um, there's also Wendell and Liverlips. Mm-hmm. Those guys are from the Country Bear Jamboree. Wendell yes. is the shorter one with the scarf, and Liverlips is the tall guy. Um, and then there's the two girl bears. Well, so it's Bongo Bear and Lulu Bell, who are from a segment from Is the movie Fun and Fancy Free. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I the, even the, I know the, who Bongo is. I did not. I did not recognize. <laughs> right. I, yeah. Funny. Me too. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have recognized Bongo in costume form. Who does? But where? Where did they get a costume for Bongo yeah, and Lulu Bell? That's what I don't understand. Is why did they bother to make costumes of Bongo yeah. Bear and Lulu Bell? But I guess. <laughs> I don't know. In, in 1990, there weren't, you know, there was no Frozen yet. There was no Tangled yet. A lot, a lot of these things, a lot of these <laughs> they dug really beloved deep. properties didn't exist yeah. yet. So they had to dig a little deeper. They had to, to go to Fun and Fancy up. Free. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They had like Ichabod yeah, Crane. Right. and. Uh, oh, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I hope oh, there was man. a whale who wanted to sing at the Met costume <laughs> at some point. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a walk around. <laughs> yeah. Hard yeah. To, a really, really the, big walk around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, you know, we'll if I could meet it. Casey Joe, if I could meet Casey at the bat. Yeah. At Walt Disney World, I'd be there, man. Like, just take who's ever playing Gaston, put him in a baseball uniform. Yeah. <laughs> There's your Casey at the bat. Yeah. Perfect. Right. So that's uh, that's Fozzie. 
Yeah. Gonzo, or the, the next one technically that starts is Scooter and Bean, but Scooter and Bean do not have a story in this. Like, what do they do? Bean, no, there's Bean the does some. They go to a fountain and there's two shots of Bean doing something cute and yeah. Scooter being like, "Oh, cute, am I right?" Which is charming, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should have been. I would have liked to have seen more of them together. Yeah. You know? I guess there's so many characters that there just wasn't a lot of time. But it is an interesting pairing. Like, I wouldn't have. It doesn't seem like an obvious thing yeah. to pair no, up right. Scooter Agreed. with Bean Bunny. But it is interesting. Yeah. And I, yeah, I would have liked to see, to have seen more of it. Yeah. Um, they, the first time we see them is um, at the jumping. I, I don't know if there's another name for this, but the jumping fountains. At yeah. Epcot, which is the thing where it looks like the water is leaping from one pad to another. Um, and then Bean is playing tennis with them yeah so that's cute i think those are still there those are really cool that's like a, a thing that people always uh take photos and videos with and bean so the funny thing is that like bean bunny if you didn't watch jim henson hour and nobody did then you didn't know who he was um right but he was actually about to like the reason why he's in this special is he's one of the stars of muppet vision 3d which yeah, didn't, the plot oh, is, that right? is all kind yeah of centered it, around him. it's very bean centered um mm. and uh and so and that didn't open until a year later. Um Muppet Vision 3D opened at Disney World May 16th, 1991, which was a year after uh Henson died. Jim it was died. like the yeah, mm-hmm. the the um that anniversary. Um and therefore like a year after the show. So nobody knew who Bean was at the time. Right. And they do have Scooter for that reason, Scooter explains to all the frogs at the beginning yeah. that they hired Bean to be cute, so the rest of them don't have to because they were all tired of being cute. Like he says it with such disgust. Like Scooter is so disgusted <laughs> by the the concept of being cuteness. Cute. Yeah, that's He's the happy. thing that that that's what sells it. I think is that yeah. Richard Hunt like is really invested yeah. in the yeah. idea. So the next storyline then is Gonzo and Camilla. Who yes, Gonzo wants to take Camilla to see some l- lesser known offbeat attractions. <laughs> and like you said, Danny, these are not attractions. These are like the used paper cup exhibit in like yeah. stick their head in a garbage. Yeah. Well, he whatever. starts out asking her if he wants to, if she wants to go to the wonders of life pavilion or the ocean thing. Yeah. Now I have to say, I, so I have, I have some thoughts about Epcot. I have some Anthony style thoughts about Epcot. Um, I have not been to Epcot since 1999 by choice. Um, but so it may, it may have changed somewhat at the time in 1999 when I went. It was a concrete parking lot punctuated with boring <laughs> Okay, here's the thing about that. <laughs> Epcot is my favorite of the Disney parks because of all the boring stuff. I love the boring I, stuff. You know? I love taking a slow-moving half-hour ride that teaches me about energy. But does. Like, give me more of that yeah. stuff. I'm sad that they tore that ride down. <laughs> is that a real thing? That yes, that was the it's, universe of energy. It was Epcot like people just, talked about that as like if you are tired and you want to go in an air conditioned place and take a nap, go on Universe of Energy. <laughs> you paid two K for that? that? That among many other things, yes, yeah, wild. Epcot, wild. Epcot, seriously, like you know the ball, like that silver ball that you see, like that yeah, spaceship Earth. My, my my whole life until like five years ago, I thought that's what Epcot was. It is I remember sense. having that conversation. Yeah. With no, I you, thought that actually. was only like I thought that was the name of the ball was Epcot. Yeah, it might as well be because like the it's the 
it's the perfect symbol for Epcot because it's recognizable and distinctive without being either beautiful or interesting. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I disagree. I think, so I will, I think Spaceship Earth is so, like, you know, so cool looking and the ride inside it, I, I would not argue with anyone who wants to say that Spaceship Earth is boring, but I love it. It's, I will give again, you... it's a slow moving ride through <laughs> the history of human communication technology. Like, what could be, what could be better than that? And they have, and so there's also the world showcase, which we, which we see later on with the mayhem and like the best part of the, of the special. Um, mm-hmm. the world showcase is, like, I think Ryan, you you told me like you love World's Fairs, right? Do I remember that from the, yes, yes, from the I Muppets, do. the Muppets Take Manhattan uh, episode? You revealed to me that yeah, you're super into World's Fairs. Um, that World Showcase is supposed to be like this permanent World's Fair, where right. there's um, like a, a pavilions for like Japan and China and, and Sweden and Mexico and who knows what else. Um, and the thing is about World's Fairs. They're super world's fairs. Do they have them anymore, by the way? I don't think anyone does this. There has not been one in America since 1984 in New Orleans, but they still do them in other countries. We just like America is too, I don't know, too arrogant or dumb or whatever to, to participate anymore. But they like, they used to be a huge, huge thing because like you would set it up and it would be the newest stuff in the world. Like everybody would come and show like all the new technology and inventions and things they were making which is also kind of the concept of of the original concept of future world at epcot so like the whole yeah park of epcot is very world's fairy but but they they didn't like they don't tear it all down and set it up again every two years so like it's not like it just they set it up once and then it just gets older and shabbier (laughs) over time it's like the worst possible world's fair um so there's that. And then I will also, I have one more, I have one more little um, Epcot story, uh, which is when I went, uh, there's like the home of the future where you, you walk around and they show you like inventions and things that that's going to happen. Uh, the one thing I remember is they had a touchscreen coffee table where like you could play with it and it was like a, like a map, like an interactive map. So you could get like driving directions, like from your coffee table. It did not impress me at the time. And it's like, <laughs> and like now touchscreens are everywhere in our lives. Yeah. But you said this was what, 1999? Yeah. But no one, but in all this time, like they say, this is all the stuff that's going to be in your house. In all so this time, right. no one ever has thought to put a touchscreen on a coffee table. It okay, would not but... occur to a human <laughs> being. That is the least convenient place for a touchscreen to no, be. No, that's true. But my oven has a touchscreen and my refrigerator has a touchscreen. So I think which I'll I still did, give it to them. Which I did not see at Epcot. They well, they okay. promised me. They promised me they just, a touchscreen coffee right table. general idea, but they got the specifics wrong. Where like the only thing that you could do is freak out when somebody tries to put their drink down on it. And that's about the only <laughs> use for it. Anyway, yeah. so those are my Epcot stories. Those are my fantastic Epcot stories. I'm, I'm actually, I'm really glad that you, Ryan, that you like it so much. And as far I do, as you're well, concerned, but I, I'm so sad though because they, they keep like getting rid of all the stuff that to me is oh, interesting and different yeah. than all the other theme parks, and they just are replacing everything with thrill rides and things that are just like based on the Disney movie that came out two years ago or this, you know, the Marvel thing or whatever. See, that makes me want so, to go back. To me, it's becoming less and less interesting because it's just becoming like every other theme park. Whereas I, I love the like the 
the version of Epcot that's like, let's look ahead to the future and let's understand everyone all around the world. And, and now it's just like, let's build a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster, which yeah. is just not the same. See, I want to go to that Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. Uh, yeah, but you know what, ahead. Ryan? You know what? You've given us all a lot to think about. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, the Wonders of Life. Pavilion, I told you that I would work, to right? Yes. I told you I had that handled. The Wonders of Life Pavilion is not there anymore. But when it was, it had an attraction called Cranium Command, <laughs> which was like, it was like a film that you were looking through the eyes of an adolescent boy. And then on the sides, there were all these other screens that had uh, celebrities playing like different aspects of his body and his brain. So it's worth noting that Charles Grodin played uh, the kid's left brain hmm. in that film. No. John Lovitz played Fitzwell. his right brain. Yes. Quentin, Quentin Fitzwell was the name of the white, was the name was the name of the left brain. Yes, exactly. Also, that's the Wonders of Life Pavilion is where I first learned that cheese is high in saturated fat. <laughs> that's a good point. That's yeah, a good okay. point. There was a little kiosk wow. where you would enter, like it, it I, would ask you questions about your diet, and then it would tell you what was good and bad about the way I, that you were dang. eating. I learned that in health class in seventh like grade. My mom. Oh, I'm sure you did. I, I just probably wasn't did, paying attention that day. <laughs> didn't even have to pay $2,000. Um, so you know, what you else? Know what? Like this, this as usual with the three of us, especially talking about an hour long special. Like this is going so long. Um, no, I know. I was one hundred percent. We adore all of the people who are listening to it, but like so much of this is the three of us bickering. I kind of wonder if at this point, like, if the listeners should be like wagering on like <laughs> who who wins who wins this round who comes out on top. <laughs> Wait, but how do that's we, what I what want. determines who's who the winner is? I don't. I don't know. We might find like, out though. The person who keeps talking after everyone else has stopped talking. <laughs> Well, we've all taken all right. that crown. Yeah. We take that one. All right. All right. You're moving so there's on. About, Anthony's moving on. There's about eight storylines in this thing, and we've talked about two so of many them. more things. Great. Yeah. Um, but Gonzo Hardly and Camilla don't Gonzo and Camilla don't go to any of that stuff you just said. Yeah. No, I know. Like they hang around. None the of sewer. that. N- whatever you just said, none of it happens. What does happen is that they go to the laundromat where they sing the so- Gonzo sings the song "Love in a Laundromat." Yeah. Which is, one, a delight. Love it. Yes. It's a very cute song. Mm-hmm. And two, when we met Dave Goals in 2011, this is this is my aside. When we met Dave Goals in 2011, Roz made a point of telling him how much she loves Love in a Laundromat. Oh. And he seemed delighted. Like, his immediate response was, you know that song? Oh. <laughs> And she just was like, yeah, I love that, you know? And, and he, like, said, oh, you know, that with that special was so much fun. Mark Raddus wrote the songs. Mm-hmm. He's such a nice guy. Haven't talked to him in a while, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so when my oh. wife met Dave Goals, the one thing she made sure to mention was <laughs> Love in a Laundromat. So, yeah. Oh, that makes me like the song more. All right. Um, yeah. We didn't talk about any of Mark Raddus's other credits, but I did just want to mention that he's mm-hmm. written a bunch of great songs for Sesame Street and yes. also – he wrote the mu- the music just keeps on rolling along for the Jim Henson Hour. Oh, which, which rules, which is great I love too. That yeah. Song. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's he's talented. I do like him. Yeah. Um. And, and I don't know if there's really much else to say about Gonzo and Camilla in the laundromat. It's charming. Well, I, I love in, it. Yeah. In song, the but. the number, they are like sitting on top of a cart that's just stuffed with laundry, and then they go up a conveyor belt, and then they're like inside a bag that's being suspended from the ceiling. 
which I guess that means Dave Gulls and Jerry Nelson are stuffed inside all of those places <laughs> yes. with, with their arms right. up. So just like, again, the, the, the crazy things that, that Muppet performers have to do. And I noticed yeah. that uh, Camilla says two she says words Gonzo. in this special. Yeah, she's yeah. Gonzo, commenting yeah. on the, the grungy sewer pipes or something. She says, grungy. Oh, Camilla, isn't this just keen? If we hadn't taken that unmarked stairway next to the broom closet, we might have missed this whole grungy tunnel exhibit. Grungy. <laughs> and then during the song, she says, Gonzo. I can't deny it was love at first sight. Tossing and turning around here with you. Gonzo. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Chickens can talk. Muppet chickens can talk sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. But you know who can talk all the time? Miss Piggy. Because our next sure storyline is that Miss Piggy and her personal assistant, Beauregard, inexplicably, mm. but but delightfully. <laughs> it works. Um, she wants to go to the Chinese theater. That's all she wants. Mm-hmm. And he keeps taking her on thrill rides. And so this ha- they go on – let me see. No, let me say. They go on Star Wars ride. They go mm-hmm. on – Mountain time jamboree. They go yeah. on teacup tea spinning. Mm-hmm. They go on, I think, one more. Or is that it? Is that it? I think it's it. Yes. Yeah. So they Otherwise go on, known as uh, they, Big Thunder Mountain. Sure. Uh, and Star Tours. Star and, Tours uh, sounds like an off-brand. Not Sounds like an action figure my grandma bought me at the grocery store. But go on. Yes. Well, the, the premise of the ride is that you are in the Star Wars universe and Star Tours is like a, an airline, essentially. That's oh, that's fine. take you to another yeah, planet. That's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's um, good. Anyways, but my point is they do all three of those and all three yes. of them go exactly like this. They go on the ride and we see Piggy like eyes bugging Screaming. out going, Wah! and then they get off and Bordegard says, wasn't that great? And Piggy's like, I want to go to the Chinese theater. That happens three times. And he says, oh, no, let's go this way. Bordegard is like a criminal mastermind in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's smarter yeah. than we give him I love Bordegard. Is this, is this the last, really the last time that we actually see Bordegard do anything like up until the 2011 movie? Yeah, I mean, he had it? like... He like he he is in the Sandra Bullock episode of Muppets Tonight, for example. Oh, yeah. oh, but it's okay. just yeah, like yeah. it's just like she's for doing her one man band at the end, and and Bordegard gives her sweeping the keys. Up or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Does he have um, a line? I yeah, he says something like, "Sandra, he... Sandra, here are the keys. When oh, okay. you're done here, can you lock up?" Something like that. Yeah. But but you're um, right though. It's like when when Jim died and Richard died, mm-hmm. and like all of a sudden it's like the Stephen Dave show. Yeah. Right. In the nineties. It's ridiculous that Beauregard wasn't used all the time. Yeah, well, he like, was. You know, he was spending more time playing Gonzo. So, yeah. I suppose so. But I mean, like he's playing Andy or Randy Pig all the time. Like, no, that's yeah, you're, that's true. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, Beauregard, to me, like, the, build a bubble guy. Give me to Beauregard. To me, the weird one is that they the didn't guy. use Floyd more when Jerry Nelson was right there. Yeah, yeah, because Floyd yeah, kind of disappears same. during that time period yeah. too. But right. Beauregard and had I mean, not I, been. Had he been in anything from? He like last I recall is like I mean obviously in the Muppet Show and then and then he has a moment in Muppets Go the Movies. You no, know, well there'll be lots of snow for him to shovel tomorrow in Muppet Family Christmas. Oh, is he in it? Is he have a line? Yeah, he says there'll be lots of snow for me oh, to shovel okay. tomorrow. Very well. <laughs> and of course he's he has a a fairly well a, a sizable supporting role in uh, Great Muppet Caper. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. 
Yeah. Is he and in the Muppets Celebrate Jim Henson or does he not speak in that? I don't remember. It's been it's been such a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. Which but we, like as clearly, we discussed, we uh it's like wouldn't fit in Muppets Save Manhattan, so it totally makes sense. Like there's no role right. in there. Um, right. Well, apparently he was in that scene with Bunsen and Beaker in the Electric Mayhem that got cut. Oh, right. yeah, which in, they cut. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, I mean, he is yeah, visible yeah, at the end, but yeah, he doesn't really get to do anything. But this is, but this is a big, like, kind of post post caper. This is his biggest thing that he ever gets to do. Ever. Yeah, yeah, by far. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I was wondering how they did the shots where they're actually on the rides. Yeah, because it seems dangerous to <laughs> be a puppeteer and like crouching down in a roller coaster and sticking your arm up and yeah. like how would they do that um so i actually tweeted at frank oz i did not get a response from that but a uh, previous podcast guest <clears throat> max jessup pointed me in the direction of uh, an interview that dave goals did in 2020 it was a virtual event for um the website laughingplace.com mm-hmm where he actually talked about how Jim Henson and Frank Oz both had motion sickness. So Frank did not want to do these shots. So when you see Piggy, that's actually Dave performing Piggy on these rides. So he's performing both of them? Well, so then I was wondering, like, so who's Beauregard? And then I went back and looked at all of them. I think Beauregard might just be, like, empty in those shots. Mm. I think Beauregard might be just kind of, like, set up and no one's actually performing him because he's kind of just... Staring ahead, lifeless, and all those yeah. shots, which kind of which, works for which Beauregard. makes sense on a thrill ride too, though. That well, and, too, yeah. and Piggy's the one she's who's like being funny, and she's the one that you'd be looking at. Right, our attention is drawn to Piggy because she's yeah. screaming and her eyes are wide open and yeah. all that. So, yeah, but she's she's not having a good time. And then at the end <laughs> of one of them, she shows him what's going to happen to him if he does it again, and she karate chops a lamppost and it falls down so yeah piggy is threatening to kill beauregard if he does that again <laughs> yeah which is which is hilarious i love that yeah it's great um the thing that that so, most impresses me about it is um that those rides like it takes a while to get on those rides like beauregard somehow manages to get miss piggy like still dazed onto star tours <laughs> which should take like an hour yeah. to get her on that ride she would have to go through a whole pre-show, all kinds of things. So he is, he really is, he must be going in like the single rider line or something. I guess so. And especially with Big Thunder Mountain, because that's the first one. Did, did Piggy not notice like all the other people riding <laughs> right. ahead of them who are screaming and yeah, no, going all of a sudden, really fast, right? Like yeah. she just wasn't paying attention, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess she was distracted thinking about the Chinese theater. She was signing autographs. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our next our I'm next done. featured character is Rolf, mm-hmm. who his scene is kind of just like two moments, yeah. But one of them is a song. So he gets captured by a dog catcher, and thrown into the pet care center. So this is what Danny was talking about. It's another thing mm-hmm. that's not an attraction. Yeah, it's just the uh, the pet care center. But who? So he's not on a Disney ride. But you know what he is doing. He is joined Same by a song. dang old all-star team of Muppet <laughs> All Dogs. All Muppet Dogs. It's, yeah. He's who's who's in here? Baskerville, Sprocket, Fufu, Bugsy them, ACU, the Afghan Hound. Like Muppy. Do, do, Muppy. Dozens and dozens Muppies more. Like, right? Yeah. 
And yeah, most of the then, cast of Dog City for sure, which is great yeah, a ton of again. ton of the Dog City. Although puppets, the funny, yeah, which the funny thing doing. about that is like because they have so many dog puppets from Dog City with those clothes on, like mm-hmm. that's a very spe- Dog City is a very specific look. Yeah, of, right. You know, right. it's like Chicago in the twenties, and so right. yeah. this like happy like Disney World pet care has, like, a whole area with, like, tough-looking dogs in tough-looking outfits, like, playing poker. <laughs> well, they're playing and, poker, and which is playing, great, yeah. and, and, like, playing pool. Playing pool. Like, it's a very crime-oriented pet care center, <laughs> it feels yeah. like to me. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, then so- uh, they all sing I'm Dogging It, which is another fun song that I don't have much to say about, but I enjoy it. It is fun, but it does not make sense. Who cares? Um, what do you what mean? Do, like, what do you, are, are you going to say that it doesn't make sense when they say, look at that dog, oh man, oh man, got the shoebop, shoebop, and a bam, shoebam? I don't have a problem with that line. The line I have a problem with is, I've got a brand new phone to call my own, and all my bills are paid. I'm so glad I stayed. I'm dogging <laughs> Is that it. what it is? I've got a that brand is, new phone? I've got a brand new phone to call my own, and all my bills are paid. I'm so glad I stayed. I'm dogging it. Explain, yeah, because they... Explain if you can. I, I think can't he just be means done. that they're it like can't yeah. be done. Okay, but can I take a shot at it? Please. I think he just means they're I think he just means that the pet care center is a hotel and everything's <laughs> taken care of for like genuinely. All right. Like, okay. He's so glad he stayed here in the pet care center where everything is taken care of for him. And that's, where he's that's what they're saying, right? And, and I was thinking that, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking this place looks really nice for a kennel, but then I thought, well, of course, it's Disney World, so I'm sure the the pet care center is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what they actually had in 1990, but today Disney World has something called Best Friends Pet Care. Mm-hmm. And depending on how much money you spend, your dog can enjoy amenities including yeah. uh, regular walks, a play group, bottled water, bedtime stories, ice cream breaks, and a private flat screen TV. And a so. brand a brand new phone to call his own. <laughs> brand new phone to call his own. <laughs> to call his own. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony, you nailed so, it. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't dispute that anymore. Its yeah, own yeah. plasma TV. But what yeah, is, like they have they have private rooms do? for the dogs. Own plasma TV. I don't know. I you know some dogs like watching TV what as long the as there's like like a bird flying around yeah. on the screen or something. Um, yeah, I didn't really. I think cats have their own set of amenities, but I didn't really look palace. that up. Yeah. So we can all agree that this place should be burned to the ground, right? Like this is, this is not. (laughs) All right. Wouldn't you want your dog? Wouldn't you want your dog to have bedtime stories and ice cream breaks? Sure. Yeah. Sure. How would you? How Um, would you know? I don't have a. How good? I don't have. How good the bedtime stories are. That's the other thing. Is they some of them have uh, like some of the packages have basically like a webcam where yeah. you can check in to see what your, your sure, dog yeah, is yeah. doing live to Makes make sense. sure that they're they're giving them the right flavor of ice cream or and, whatever. And uh, tucking them in with the bedtime story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, next one is Statler and Waldorf, who really just get one scene. But it's that yeah, they see. can't find anything to complain about at Walt Disney World. And that's so what they, they hate about it. Yeah. So that's what they hate about it. There's It's so good it's, it's so it's clean. worth every it's worth every zero cents they paid for why were they on vacation with kermit right we don't place? see well, them they weren't. they're oh. not with the muppets they just happen to right. be at disney so world they that just same at day. the park yeah right um but so what they do is they sing the old standard who's your lady friend to a human old woman who seems positively delighted to be served yeah. by uh, she's lovely. Again, 
Yeah, again, yeah. I think this is just a normal person who was at Disney World that Feels day. Like it, and right? just, yeah, she it really just seems like she's a, just a, a regular person. She's so happy to be serenaded by these puppets. Yes. Yeah. And a little bit, a little it's bit really dazed. Charming. Like, I think so. It's hard. Like, it would be overwhelming. She's hard to read, this lady. <laughs> oh, she's smiling the whole time. No, she? she is, but like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a very, it's, I get a weird. I think she's delightful. Yeah, 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 but I don't know. Um, I, mean, I don't know how this, they achieved it. Most of this takes place on Main Street, which is like mm. the old-fashioned small town uh, section of Disney World, which is you know fitting for Statler and Waldorf. Mm. Um, and the only other thing I have to say about Main Street is that there is a barber shop there. And when um, my wife and previous podcast guest uh, Stacy went to Disney World on our honeymoon, she got her haircut on Main Street. Mm. Was oh, that right? So, There's yeah. a real barbershop there. Yeah. Huh. Get uh, bedtime stories. Um, they didn't offer it. We like we didn't ask though, so it might be an option. Oh, that's so good. So then the <laughs> last, the last like middle middle storyline here before it all starts to come together is that the Electric Mayhem yes. visit um, World Showcase, I believe. Yes. yes. And what I. What I love about the Electric Mayhem here is that it includes Clifford, but not Lips. Like we can talk about Clifford. No, Lips shows up. No, Lips does pop up though. But you're right. Oh, he when does. It, when the whole when the whole gang is like riding a bus around around World Showcase, Lips isn't Lips is there. Not but there. then he pops up for the musical number. Oh, okay. yeah, well, yeah, was... He's in like one shot where like all of a sudden it's he's so there funny. and he goes like do 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 do, and then I think yeah, he okay. might disappear huh. again. Yeah. A yeah, they just have like a magic. Solo. Nobody cares about magically lips. appearing lips. Yeah, nope. yeah. And he disappeared, not to be seen lips. again for years. Yeah. Um, but that that is that is the most that is the best part of the special. I feel. Yeah, I That's I the, probably agree. That is so. The, the, once again, like in like in Muppet Family Christmas, like you put an electric mayhem about halfway through the show, it is awesome. It brings the house down. Yeah. So what happens is they're they're touring, and. They're on the World Showcase tour, and Dr. Teeth says, what do rock musicians want to do more than anything in the world? And Animal yells, I know, I know. And Dr. Teeth says, besides that. And then Floyd says, besides that, a world tour. Very good. I love that. Yeah. So good. Perfect. <laughs> it's like it's like the perfect uh, adult electric yeah, mayhem joke that is funny if you get yeah. it. And in like, Disney my World, too. Had no idea. And it means nothing if you don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just like all the dialogue in this scene. Um, yeah. Dr. T says, wait a second. A thought has just cerebral cortex into my cranium. And Floyd says, uh oh, the good doctor has an idea. It's like, it's if, great. You know, this is sadly the last time we saw the, the original lineup of performers yeah. playing yeah. the Electric Mayhem. So it's, it's such a good note to go out on, though. Like they're yeah. so yeah. themselves and so funny and so cool and they get a great number. Right, and the, so the song is called um, "Rockin' All Around the World," and it's great. And like I, like they've done a few concerts in the past few years, right? At the live mm. shows and yeah. at the what was it, the Outlands Music Festival? Mm-hmm. Was that uh, what it was called? Outside Lands, yeah, yeah. They should do the song at that stuff. Like they really I know should. nobody knows it, but like it's like yeah. a banger. People would enjoy it. Yeah, it's yeah. Really- you know, like. And well, they, they, they have an audience when they're performing it here, and it's like it would be so much fun to be an extra in that scene. They have sure, like yeah. three audiences. If you'll notice, they set up that bandstand in three different places. In oh, they're in showcase. Three different countries. Yeah, yeah. There's one. Okay. It huh. ends up. I know it ends in Mexico because at the very end of the song, when the song's over, everybody like throws their Mexican hats up in the air. 
Yeah, which I guess but they maybe some cultural appropriation there. in this number that they, oh, but they might you know, that's do what, the same way today. That's what but. World Showcase is all about. Uh, <laughs> World Showcase is all about cultural appropriation. Kind of, yeah. Um, so sure they start in they start in Germany, I think. Oh, I wish I I should have mm. paid attention, but anyway. But but like they so there are various setups where they got people where they got an audience to be very excited, and then there's also all these little inserts where like they in each of those setups they have different costumes, and then there's also all these little inserts where like Janice has a Japanese outfit and Clifford has like a Middle Eastern outfit. Um, right, and it's awesome. The suit is in France with a stripy shirt. Yes, yeah. I want an action figure for every single one of those. <laughs> I was just looking at that, like I want that toy. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Like with like Floyd and Animal and their like little uh, German outfits and well, I, yeah, I really shirt. like that shot where Animal is in the foreground, sort of shouting the lyrics at us, and then we see floyd in the background holding like on holding a to his leash for yeah. dear life yeah that's a really cool shot so i want all those toys yeah and of course clifford <laughs> uh played the bass in solid foam the band on the jim mm-hmm. henson hour but the electric mayhem already has a bass player so good. he just has to play all the like auxiliary percussion instruments yeah. like a little glockenspiel and some maracas and things like that oh well yeah pretty fun to see clifford play the glockenspiel yeah Oh, and they have like a little collection of small world. It's a small world dolls who come by. Oh, yeah. Which and are think, those in Muppet Vision 3D? I was trying to think. Like, they, they, they didn't yes, build those just yeah. for this, did they? No, okay. you're right. I forgot about that. But yeah. Because they're not like actual small world characters. No, they're not um, like the figures from the ride. You're right. They do use that for, for 3D. Yeah. Yeah. So, best part of the special. Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree that it's the best part. Um, there are a couple of other things that kind of run through, you know, we see Kermit and Robin from time to time and mostly they don't really do very much. Kermit just kind of says, get lost. Uh, we're missing the bug fry. It's, it's scum skimming time. Yeah. You know, Kermit <laughs> is then, very upset about missing the scum skimming tournament, even though Gary always wins because he yeah. cheats. He's a scam scum skimmer. <laughs> You love that. You look so happy. I, I love those kinds of <laughs> wordplay jokes. I always do. It's so fun. Um, but so what? What the big thing Kermit does is that he meets. Robin. A, I, I don't. He meets. He gets separated from Robin. He meets Raven Simone, yes. who is five years old at this time. Yes. Now I say Kermit meets Raven Simone. You might be picturing uh, an adult, like no. from from Raven's home, but that's not who it is. She was a little. This girl. is, this is she. A, was she on The View at some point or one of those shows? She was on The View for a little while, yeah. Um, but yeah, so she was on The Cosby Show at this time. I think people still NBC probably... NBC star Raven Simone. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, she, and she's she's literally five years old. But this is the like, but this I mean, is the nightmare version of Raven Simone. Like, <laughs> she turns out, like, right. she, you know, basically uh, everything she does after this, she's really cool, she's really fun. And in this, she is the most, like, just treacly, like, fake little five-year-old who's been like wound up and trained i hate her in this yeah i I have i have mixed feelings about this sequence because i i do think that a lot of the stuff she did on the cosby show she was funny and you know like an adorable little kid but yeah i don't know what's what's different about it here but it's just kind of think within the sitcom environment she's acting like she's on a sitcom yeah yeah that's 
Probably. Which means she's not, like, emotionally connecting with Kermit at all. Right. And it kind of sounds... I mean, and maybe I should... Well, no. I do not want to go back and watch The Cosby Show for obvious reasons, but... Something about her performance or her delivery, like it definitely sounds like she's just repeating lines that that yes. she just learned. Or it never well, sounds natural. I, I she's think five. Oh well, of course, of course. Right. But I, the way that I this remember her on the Cosby Show is yeah. feeling much more natural. Yeah. Well, I think you know Jay Sandrich directed most of those Cosby shows, mm-hmm. and so I think like he by the time Olivia came along, he'd done all that stuff with Rudy. You know, mm-hmm. like right. I think that they had a director on the show who knew oh, who how knew to how get to natural yeah. performances. Who knew how to get children. a performance out of a young and, kid. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think that Peter Harris is that person. You know what I mean? Like, no. yeah, sure. directed the Muppet Show. You know, there's yeah. no children on the Muppet Show right. except for Robin. You know, who's played by a 45 year old man. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it is. Uh, it is really cute though that that she sings Rainbow Connection to Kermit. And I love the little moment where he where he says, I don't believe this. That, yeah, that kind of saves cute. it for me. Yeah. That it's all this cutesy stuff, but then Kermit is a little bit like, yeah, like, like what's, what's going on here? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think, I don't think Raven has worked with the Muppets as an adult. No. Or even like as a teenager. Like even like That's So Raven time. She's not in like um, the Studio DC specials. Well, right, because the other Cheetah yeah. Girls are in one of those, right? But she wasn't. Yeah, mm. right. It's like the 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 uh, that the would other be Cheetah that would have been the moment. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. she was she had become too big a star by that point. Right. Um. But it's too bad because I think she'd be delightful with them. Yeah. And I don't. I don't. I kind of don't know why it didn't happen during her Disney Channel star heyday. Yeah. You know, know. they must. There must be. Ago, there must be beef ago. from this special. Yeah, maybe <laughs> something. Something must have happened. Out. Yeah. Something happened. Yeah. Um, but no, anyway, so that happened. What we is Rizzo, because I have very... That's what I was, that's what I was going to say next. Right. Is, is the, the other thing is that we follow Quentin Fitzwaller, who is trying to capture the Muppets, and he captures one, which is Rizzo. And Rizzo immediately turns heel and sells out <laughs> his friends for, for a hot dog. Yes. Which Pretty much. Is... I mean, he also gets popcorn later. He basically... Oh, he gets like a, he gets ice cream that... bar? Yeah, that Fitzwaller is just buying Rizzo food, and Rizzo is supposedly helping Fitzwaller find the Muppets. Yeah. The Kismet right. Gang. Well, the Kismet Gang, which I, I think this stuff is funny. It's it's They would have used Pepe for this. You know, like, yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. so much like a Pepe storyline. Absolutely. That it's, that it's kind of strange now. But I think Rizzo's good in it. What were your thoughts, Danny? You said you had something to say about Rizzo. Well, do, do you... So the, the moment when when... Fitzwaller like grabs Rizzo. I want to know if you guys can figure out how it's done. It's so cute. I think it must be remote control. Do you know what I'm talking about? That like uh, yeah, he's yeah, sitting he's on, on the hot the, dog stand. Yeah, he's sitting on the hot dog stand, like in the front of the hot dog stand and moving his mouth. And then Gordon comes along and picks him up. And I think it's like the same shot. Like Rizzo is still mm-hmm. talking and he's like sitting in in Gordon's hand. And then there's and then there's a cut to like then it's a two shot of them and then Rizzo is obviously being performed by by Woodmire. Um, yeah, yeah, I assume. I, I bet it was. It was I bet it was control. radio control. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It is. I just yeah. think it's the coolest thing. It. I well, it's don't remember those, noticing yeah, it seamless. like before this time, but yeah, like it's it's amazing. Like he looks, it looks great, and yeah. I'm so impressed. Rizzo already is sort of like his actual movement is 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 very restricted less than yeah. a lot of the other Muppets. Yeah, yeah so it so doesn't. Tiny. 
make as much of a difference when he switches to being radio controlled. Yeah. It's the same with, with Pepe, right? They're just basically, it's just like a little, it's like the it's little a trigger. trigger mechanism. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I just thought that it just worked so well. I love that shot of like, of Gordon just like picking him up and his mouth is still moving. Yeah. And yeah, then later there's one where Fitzwaller is holding a popcorn bucket and Rizzo is kind of sitting inside it. So for that, I assume yeah. there's just a hole in the bottom of the, the bucket and Steve Whitmire sticking his hand up through this popcorn bucket. <laughs> right. Probably. It's good yeah. Rizzo stuff. Yeah. Oh, and he, so, makes yeah. of, and he makes fun of Mickey Mouse. Yeah, that's fine. Right. He says, some, no, mice allowed, no rodents allowed in the park. No rodents yeah. allowed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he says, what about your boss, yeah. Mickey Mouse? And he's like, well, Mickey's. Mickey. Mickey. Right. And yeah, then Mickey's goes, Mickey. Mickey, Mickey. Yeah. Mickey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. But during this storyline, then he eventually dispatches his agents to it's capture important. the Kismet gang. And his agents are the Seven Dwarfs, costumed characters of the Seven Dwarfs. Which I don't. Uh, do you guys like that? It seems yeah. like nothing. I mean, to me. I don't know. It doesn't. Oh, I think it's not super much, cute. Not much yeah. comes of it. There's that. There's that scene where they're going down the. That's like, the main the, thing. It's that one. The scene. sort of main street yeah. of Hollywood studios, and they're the dwarfs are just like looking around and in places where the Muppets obviously wouldn't be, and he's yeah. getting increasingly frustrated with them. That's that's yeah, that's cute. I guess he says yeah. your top men act like top men. I do think the phrase top men is hilarious. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the way Charles Grodin says it, it is like now. that's, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so what happens is that all of the plot threads. So do you have something else to say about about that, Danny? I just think it's so funny that that like Animal chases around Snow White and they bring in the Seven Dwarfs. In my in my version of this special, like they would interact with like Pirates of the Caribbean and Prince yeah. like you can imagine so many like funny combinations of like Miss Piggy and Cinderella and Prince Charming and you know like where you could yeah. see like oh these characters could have like played off each other in various ways and so I just think it's funny that they that they like kept them so far away from the IP yeah that's true uh, yeah I don't know why that would be yeah like they don't go on yeah yeah they don't go on the jungle cruise they don't go on the haunted mansion or like peter pan or like or, or even talk about thing. it yeah they yeah. don't even make references to it yeah yeah closest yeah. they get to fantasy land is the teacups and that is it they are out yeah huh interesting to me sure oh, well, i'm sure it's interesting about... to many people yeah. In, yeah in the year 2022 how do we feel about animal chasing snow white around i think it's very funny <laughs> <laughs> and i'm gonna stick to it well here's why i like it though she seems like she's having a blast. Oh, yeah. She she's is, smiling yeah. the she whole time. She's smiling the entire time. She keeps and then, turning around and smiling at him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to make this sure that he's not, still there. Like, <laughs> we've talked about how, like, the woman in Muppets Take Manhattan seems like she's, like, actually screaming. Like, like she's, in she's screaming. Yeah, yeah, she wants to get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. And this this Snow White seems like this is the she's most down. fun she's had all day. It's she fun. is you down. Know? Yeah. 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 Well, and then at the end, when Animal shows up in the Indiana Jones stunt show, she's there's a shot of the audience applauding, and Snow White is and also she's there laughing and for clapping. Animal. So yeah. she's <laughs> right, she's, right, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. She's totally down. She appreciates him. So, yeah. um, and speaking of Indiana Jones, that is where all the plot threads, such as they are, start to come yes. together. By which I mean, everybody just goes to the Indiana Jones stunt show. Mm-hmm. Animals chases in Snow White, like we said. Kermit and Fozzie see Animal and follow him in. And then the electric mayhem see Kermit and follow him in, etc. And eventually everyone because Doctor Teeth misses his green flippery presence. Yes, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, and Beauregard and so then, drags Piggy in. 
Beauregard convinces Piggy that the shortcut to the Chinese theater is through the Indiana Jones theater, despite the fact that she can clearly see the Chinese theater across criminal, the way. Yeah. Criminal mastermind, Beauregard. She must yeah. have really, like, yeah. her brain got very rattled on those rides. Yeah. Um, but so they go into the Indiana Jones show, and a guy is calling for volunteers from the audience. He wants a leading man, a real Tom Selleck type. <laughs> For Indian, which that must be a reference to the fact that Selleck was almost cast, right? It and must be intentional. Yeah, it seems weird. He, and why was like, was he was he just he didn't get it because he had to do Magnum PI? Yeah, what yeah. was the story with he, that? He was. They were like he was almost going to do it, and then Magnum PI got picked up. Right. So he did that instead, which I think like he would have been fine. I don't think that movie is a classic yeah. with Tom Selleck in the lead. You know, not I, the I way it is with Harrison Ford. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But who knows? Um, yeah, so the the Indiana Jones stunt show has been there since almost when when the Hollywood Studios opened. It's still there. Um, they do actually have uh, volunteers from the audience yeah. come up on stage, but they do not play the main characters. They don't play Indiana Jones, show. and yes. they don't play uh, a sturdy Piggy peasant cast. woman. A sturdy, a sturdy peasant, peasant woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. they get up there. It's it's so really just, it's like, genuinely a thrill. Yeah, I and this this is, like, one of the funniest parts, and, and I love that, you know, like, we've been saying, like, Beauregard is, like, bizarrely kind of carrying Piggy around through the whole thing, but, like, the thing, what happens is, like, the guy says, hey, we want you to be in our show, and she's so excited and thrilled, and, like, that she's, is actually, yeah. like, a perfect Miss Piggy moment of, like, oh, yeah. of course I'm going to be one of the leads in this show. She has this line where she says, shouldn't we have a deal memo? Yeah. <laughs> which is apparently just like a showbiz contract when an actor is intending to, to be in a, mm-hmm. a movie or something. So that's uh, how, what percentage of the audience watching got that joke? Yeah. Shouldn't yeah. we have a deal memo? Yeah. It's amazing. <clears throat> that's great. Oh, also there's a lady in the audience in that shot who's, who appears to be looking right down at Frank Oz. Oh, really? Well, she, well, Piggy's delivering that. that line. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I love that. Wouldn't you? Here, you you got that bald noggin down there. Like you, I mean, it would be tempting, but I'm sure they they must have said like, okay, everybody, look at the please puppets. try not Don't to look yeah. at the puppeteers. Yeah, yeah right. It, it right. would just be tempting. Yeah, but yeah, again, Either like way- these are all like it. It feels like these are all like Disney World guests for the day. I think so yeah, and they I'm said, sure they hey, are, instead yeah. of instead of seeing the regular. Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. You're going to see the Muppet version of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Full House and Step by Step episodes also incorporated this and had like characters from their shows oh, really? uh, take part, but it was not, not as, as good. funny yeah. as this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about you know the Code Man doing it or or Joey Gladstone or whatever. I don't but... remember. Well, so it's on Full House. Uh, DJ is hallucinating her boyfriend Steve being Indiana Jones. Oh right, because he's because he's Aladdin, and every like everywhere she sees, it's right. She he's not there, and she's missing him, and she keeps right. thinking I, that she's seeing him. All I over. do I do enjoy the the meta joke of him being Aladdin when he's actually Aladdin, right, Aladdin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, also, also, course, uh, we we should point out that he was. You say it right. You say you're Richard. He he was later a writer on the Muppets ABC sitcom. Yes, or a producer, Scott, or both. Scott Wing, Winger. Anyways. Yeah. In in this one, I, the code man's not in this one, Ryan. Um, no, uh, but it is a thrill. It's genuinely a thrill to hear that John Williams theme and yeah. see Kermit in the Indiana Jones costume, which later inspired a Palisades action figure. Mm. Yeah, 
Adventure Kermit. Adventure Kermit. Right. They couldn't call it Indiana Indiana Jones Jones. Kermit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he's just Adventure Kermit. Love that. And uh, what else happens here? I mean, it's just kind of they go through the stunt show and there's a bunch of funny jokes. At the beginning, there's a like a a clapper slate, whatever you call that thing, um, in front of the camera. It says production Raiders of the Lost Pig. (laughs) Director, yes. Camera, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So they Uh, they just kind of go and Kermit. Kermit is is saying throughout uh, that he doesn't want to be shooting people. Which is should not be as funny as it is. I'm kind of not yeah. sure why that works. It sh- it should be heavy handed. Yeah. I feel, but for some yeah, reason, I, it makes me laugh every time. It seems like something I shouldn't like, but I do. Well, it's because his lines are like, "I would like to go on record as being opposed to the use of violence for purposes of conflict resolution." However, and then he shoots a guy. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah, that's, that's hardcore. But then he keeps really asking good. them if they're okay. Yeah, I, I do. I do think the the Muppet Show version of Kermit maybe would have just like jumped right into this without hesitation, but this is the later sort of like, uh, more, I don't know. Like more giddy-giddy. sentimental. Yeah. 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 yeah I think but they just, fine. I think they just didn't want like, so one thing is I believe this is the first time there's ever been a swastika in a Muppet production. Yeah. Yeah. Must be. That's, and I, so that's funny to me. Yeah, <laughs> I looked this up the on the actual show in Hollywood Studios. In 2004, they removed all the swastikas. Oh, really? And replaced them with um, the, the the bar cross symbol, which was the, a symbol of the German military right. for yeah. many years. Which is, you know, it still kind of means the same thing or something very similar. But it's not but the same kind of iconography. It's not a swastika. Like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's like Miss Piggy in a truck that has a swastika on it. Right, right. Right. Striking. Yeah. yeah I I, I'm surprised they haven't replaced it with a Hydra logo yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, they could do that. And I guess and and one thing I think that that makes the Kermit like I don't really want to be firing this gun thing work is because then Piggy gets behind a machine gun and is just mowing people down. Yeah. Blasting away, yeah. Right. She doesn't care. And yeah, having a wonderful time. How yeah. violent it is. And he yells, Miss Piggy, how are we gonna explain this to Big Bird? Yeah, it's good. And she's That's like, just... she doesn't say anything, but she, you know, she doesn't care. She doesn't care about that guy. Yeah, no, just don't, just don't tell Big Bird about it. He doesn't have to know. Yeah, um, I do like the idea that Kermit always keeps Big Bird's se- like sensitive in mind, nature yeah. in mind. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, this ends with Charles Grodin show Quentin Fitzwaller showing up at the stunt show, apprehending Kermit and Piggy, and saying. Gotcha, or something like that. Yeah. I think remember. he says, I victory is mine. Victory is mine, you're right. Yeah. And the audience applauds, and Charles Gordon looks right in the camera, and he's so proud of himself. Yes. And I notice Piggy mutters something. It sounds like Piggy says, who are you? <laughs> really? Oh, that'd be funny. I, I hope yeah. that's what she says, because that would be hilarious. Yeah. I, I couldn't quite tell for sure, yeah. but yeah. Um, so he, he says he's going to turn them into the chief, and Kermit says that he and... Mickey are in the same union, the fictional animal stars of America, which is great. Yeah, this is where they've all gathered back at the front gate of of MGM Studios, um, which does raise the question of how did Robin get back with everyone? Because the last time we saw Robin, he was on a monorail headed off to who knows where. Yeah, just (laughs) a child, a minor, just wandering around this giant resort by himself. But that's what what Raven is doing. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's true, true. Yeah. yes where are raven's parents oh, yeah. I, I meant to ask I that because she that. even says something at one point about my mom always says 
don't know. My mom who don't let me who let me off the leash and is now. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean it is funny. Now, now getting Kermit, a Dole Whip over in Adventureland while I <laughs> I love Dole Whip. Yep. Um, but Kermit says something like, "Didn't your mom ever teach you not to talk to strange frogs?" No, so that's yeah, yeah, no. That's she's free range, free range. Yeah, Raven. She's just hanging out. Yeah, maybe but, maybe Raven, Simone, and Robin hung out for some of the stay. We don't maybe, know. They'd be kind of fun. Could have met up. Yeah, they, can they went on compare, the Dumbo ride together. They they can ex- compare their experiences as child actors. Yeah. So. Then they all go back to Mickey's office. The whole gang goes to Mickey's office. Fitzwaller is talking to Mickey on the phone. And this is where Kermit does become a a more assertive version of himself because he's like demanding to speak to Mickey once he realizes that that's who's on the phone. And um, he says they're old buddies because they're both members of FASA, fictional animal stars of America. Which is is extremely postmodern. Yeah, yeah, but also the other characters seem like they've never heard of this before. No, they are not members. Sad. Like, yeah, Piggy no, doesn't get yeah, to be not, a member of Vasa. It's not kind of fictional sense, animal though, supporting it? characters of America. I don't know. I think Piggy qualifies as being a star as much as Kermit. But I think only the like I I would assume based on the fact that it's just him and Mickey, it's just going to be like mascot it? characters, Snoopy. right? It's, bu- it's Bugs Bunny, yeah, Snoopy, it's Snoopy, Bugs Bunny, Scooby Doo, yeah, Lassie maybe. Mm. Sure, Lassie. Um, sure, Rin Rin Tin Tin. Like yeah, Garfield, yeah. Honey Nut Cheerios, B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eddie from Frasier in a few years. Oh yeah, sure. But so they go all go into Mickey's office, and Mickey is animated and voiced by Wayne Allwine, who yes. played the first Mickey time for, I saw the years. special. I was so sure that it was just going to be a costume character. That's that's what I was going to say. Is that yeah. it, it's yeah. such a good decision that it's, it's not yeah. and. And that it, that it's Wayne Allwine, right? Because and, usually, even in commercials for the theme parks, it's they just show a person in a Mickey costume mm. to represent right. and Mickey. They, but this, and they could have done that. They could have opened a door, right. and there's Mickey sitting at a desk, and they just like walk in, right, or whatever. And that's the and end. it's grim, and yeah, yeah. But instead, it's it's he sounds like Wayne Allwine. He it's and the Mickey, real Mickey, yeah, yeah. It's the real Mickey, and he says. Uh, like we always say, when you wish upon a star, your dreams come true. And Kermit says, we always say, someday we'll find it, the Rainbow Connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Which is fun. And that's Floyd that's says, so charming. Uh-oh, they're starting to argue philosophy. Yeah, that rules. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, so that's so much better than just like Mick, uh, like grinning, yeah, rictus grin Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, I wonder if that's why there aren't more other co- like costume characters featured in the special, mm-hmm. because it might seem weird if there was a Donald Duck costume 10 minutes ago, oh, right, and then yeah. they meet Mickey, and he's like the real animated Mickey. So they may have mm. chosen to be judicious about stuff like that oh, that's for that yeah. reason. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I also like the moment when Kermit is introducing all the Muppets. Um for one thing, he introduces Robin as Nephew Robin, which is very cute. <laughs> uh, but then Mickey says, where's Miss Piggy? And then Piggy just kind of magically appears in the doorway in this very glamorous dress. And Mickey does a take like, whoa, she's so hot. <laughs> and isn't isn't there kind of like sexy music, too? Isn't there like, yeah. like a Yeah, it's like a saxophone. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, but, then, but then Fozzie says, if there's one thing Piggy knows, it's how to make an entrance, which is Kermit's exact line. From, from the Family Christmas, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That is a so, like now. we talked, we talked earlier about how throughout the '80s specials there was always this big entrance for Miss Piggy mm-hmm. thing, but here, like, it's not even that big of an entrance. She just like comes in the door, 
She's just you wearing know, she's nice clothes like, than she was a minute ago. But it's but it's right, funny and surprising. Like not, she went and she got her purse and she went. She, right, I guess so. But she's not. She's not carried in by like four buff dudes <laughs> on a throne. She doesn't fall down a flight of stairs. She doesn't right. arrive in a sled with with Doc and eight dogs or whatever. She's not introduced by a chorus of singing penguins. Yeah, she just but she, she gets just own, walks in know, the door. She gets her own they, music cue. I guess so, but it's like I don't know. It's pretty. It's pretty low rent compared to. Yeah. Some of them. So that, I think that's why they have to have Fozzie say it. So yeah. it's like, no, no, this counts. Mm-hmm. No, no, she's making <laughs> an entrance. Is, we did it. This is one of them. Yeah. And then and then Mickey says, Mickey says, welcome to the family. Which is because, pretty funny in retrospect, like you said. Because now. Yeah. Well, but that was the thing is like now you are they they are acting like they have already signed the agreement. <laughs> they've already so they've already sure signed the contract. Yeah there, yeah. there was no reason to think that it wouldn't. Yeah. And, and uh, like, and it's actually a thing that, what was it, like, three weeks after the special, um, they start, they did the Here Come the Muppets live show. So, like, the Muppets were, like, Muppet Vision 3D was still a year away because it was complicated. But, like, this was supposed to be the moment when, like, now the Muppets are in the Disney parks. Yeah, it was like, the, it's starting now. Yeah. And so weird that they hadn't signed the papers yet. Um Yeah. But everybody yeah. assumed that this was that this was how this was going to be. Right. Yeah, when Mickey happening. puts his arms around Kermit and says, welcome to the family, Kermit sort of like he sort of flinches or something <laughs> like he, he's kind of moving in a way that makes me think like maybe Kermit doesn't want to be hugged by this mouse. I don't know. Or maybe <laughs> they were that, that could be an unintentional <laughs> metaphor, too, in retrospect. Well, given yeah. that he. uh you know, they did the puppetry and then they did the animation right. over that. So he may not have been exactly sure, like, where am I supposed to put my body? No, he so may I have can be? no idea yeah. where. So he's kind of looking around, like, yeah. is Mickey over here? Is Mickey yeah. over there? Right. Um, so then they all go out to the Chinese theater and they sing a song called More, More, More. Yes. Which, to me, sounds a little too much like the Looney Tunes TV show. <laughs> You know the um, song, you know, Overture, Curtain Lights. Yeah. Yeah. It's called On With on, the Show, on, on with the show like I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And this is basically, I mean, it's like not quite the same tune, but it's like th- thematically mm-hmm. the same and t- tune is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, I have, uh, I have lyrical issues. I like this. I like this song. I think it's really fun, but. Yeah, I think it's fun too. Um, raise the curtains and light the lights. It's for certain the time is right. Totally fine. It works together, it works apart. It goes without saying that it comes from the heart. Explain that. That's it No, that's works, meaningless. It works together, it works <laughs> apart. What does that mean? It really bothers me. Um, uh, it means, it the means whole, that the we... The whole cast, they work well together, and they work well when it's just one of them performing alone on the stage. And then it says, so know. raise an eyebrow and lift an ear. We got you smiling, we hear your cheers. I'm just saying the lyrics are weird in this. In I this think special, the, like I think all of these songs have the, like at least one, except for "Rocking Around the World," which is perfect. Uh, every other song has like at least one line that I'm like, that <laughs> line just doesn't make sense. I, I yeah. think I like that quirkiness, though. Yeah, I think that this song, the lyrics mean it was due yesterday, 
and <laughs> yes. I gotta slap something on the face. Right, and so here's I like, yeah, I need a line. Here's here's the, the here's general, the Looney Tunes TV theme with some new right. I think the general theme of it is very good for the Muppets mm. though, because it's just a song about how much they love performing, yes. which is yeah. kind of their whole deal. So, um, and then the other thing about the Chinese theater at MGM Studios, they they do actually have much like the yeah. real Chinese theater in Hollywood. There are some celebrity handprints and and signatures in the the concrete outside that thing at um, at Hollywood Studios, uh, including Jim Henson and Kermit's. Mm-hmm. And I have been there. I have stuck my hands in Jim Henson's handprints, mm-hmm. and I can report that my hands are the same size as Jim Henson's, which mm-hmm. of course means absolutely nothing. But it was <laughs> exciting to discover. It. Oh, that's very cute. Yeah. Yes. And and like the the choreography here is basically like stuff all of the puppets in the frame at the same time and make them like sway back and forth. Yeah, right. you can see in the blooper reel that how hard so there's that like was to three achieve. levels of puppets. There's like yeah, the top, the, the the middle, and then people in the back are at the top. Yeah, I mean yeah. Anyway, you yeah. know what I mean. Um, you can see in the blooper reel that the the Muppets at the back, who are the highest up in the frame are being performed like one puppeteer with two puppets, you know, one on each hand. And yeah, a lot of them are not so synchronized with everyone else with the, the choreography and the lip syncing. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of fun to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And then they do the, and then they do like the Jim Henson hour ending where you see like oh, all yeah. of the, all of the characters in like the places where they were during the, during the special. Yeah. I like that. Still a lot. singing like a little bit of it. Like they, You're right, that, to, that is a Jim Henson ending. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bunsen and Beaker singing a line in front of Spaceship Earth. and Like the Snow White. Singing yeah, a line Snow White and, with yeah. Animal and with Link. It's very cute. Yeah. So Both then, modern. after the song, everyone else heads back to the swamp, but Piggy gets stuck in the cement, and she's stuck in the cement forever to this day, the end. Yes. Yeah, that's where they left her. They uh, mm-hmm. She was signing autographs with her feet in the cement, and nobody thought to, to ask her if she was going to come back to the swamp with them. And she's still there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so this a, is a remote control piggy, as far as I can yeah, tell. Yeah. Like it's, we see it her whole be, body yeah. as the camera mm-hmm. zooms all the way out. But so, it's great. I think this is a this fun. is a very solid ending. Yeah, I do. Too. I think it's and, really fun. Yeah, it's perfect ending. And Anthony, you should be happy that they go back to the swamp to spend time with Kermit's right. family. After I, all, you're right. You're right. I am. That's how it ends. Yeah. yeah. And and Gonzo has discovered the joys of eating mosquitoes. So, and everybody actually well seems, I mean, well. that is the thing at the end of a Disney park day, you're just like exhausted and want to like chill and like, yeah, let's just go back sit to in the mud. Yeah. With these, boring, dogs in the mud. with these boring frogs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> break Newton's laws. Yeah. Yeah. Break some Newton's laws. So that's, uh, so that's Muppets at Walt Disney World. Yeah. Oh, that's and Beaker still has the bucket on his head at the yes. very end. Yeah. So he's, yeah. he's still got that. Piggy will forever be stuck in the cement and Beaker will forever have a bucket stuck on his head. Yeah. And then this is the moment. It feels it feels to me like we need something where it's like, and then, and then the Muppets stopped. Like it's this really fun. I'm gonna bring everyone down, but like it's this like it's. I think it's super fun, special, weird in a lot of places, but fun. Um, and then this is a very exciting like welcome to the family. We're gonna be all over Disney parks now. But it, this is the last moment when when Jim is here. And things yeah. are right. Right. And, everything... and actually, people, if people don't know, you should look up all the plans that they had. Yeah. For like, 
a, a Muppet parody of the great movie ride and a Gonzo restaurant and like the Muppets taking over the parks for a year. Yeah. But then, yeah, there was so much good stuff that was going to come. And, and basically literally after like there's Miss Piggy stuck in the cement and it pulls back. And then that is the end of innocence. Like that is the end of, (laughs) of the, you know, the phase of the Muppets when Henson is there. Everything from now is a compromise. Right. Well, and it's it and it's one of those things where the order of of act like the actual order of productions is too bad mm-hmm. in this case because I think Muppet Family Christmas feels like the perfect ending, right? Like yeah, like that's it that's where I want to leave Henson era Muppets is is at Fozzie's mom's house, all singing, all like laughing together, you know, Merry Christmas everyone, Merry Christmas everyone, yeah, the end, you know, yeah, yeah. and and, and like I like an this epilogue. one. Yeah, this is like an epilogue. I, I like it. I'm glad it exists. Yeah, but like, but if, it's but if, this was supposed if, to be actually like if that was I I agree that that's like a good ending for that phase. And then this was supposed to be the chapter start of a new one. Phase. Yeah, of yeah, this, this, thing, of this yeah. new like 15 years that Henson was going to be working with Disney. Well, and then there's right. Muppet Vision 3D, which is its own thing. Yeah, which but is it does you know it's it's so much shorter. It doesn't have as many characters in mm-hmm. it, so it's it's not quite the same kind of thing. Right. And speaking of Muppet Vision 3D, that seems like a good place to segue into our goodbyes because when you hear us next we will be doing a bonus episode on muppet vision 3d okay that is our we're never gonna get to the muppet christmas we're just gonna keep doing bonus episodes (laughs) right although i don't know that that may or may not be our last one before we start before we get to muppet christmas we'll we'll see see. do the uh uh, what like the presidential uh inauguration celebration well no but we might we might do we might do celebrate jim henson We're, we're not sure yet oh got it okay yeah, right. um, but we will definitely do Muppet Vision 3D. That'll be next. So that brings us down to the end. Listeners, uh, until we return, you can always check out toughpigs.com on our website, on Facebook, on Twitter. You can become a patron on Patreon if you want to throw us a few bones. And you can always email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com. Tell us if you are a Disney Parks fan or if you <laughs> also enjoy, I don't know, nature. <laughs> but don't try to change Anthony's mind. About it's anything, not going to work. Working. Right. Uh, you can you can uh, uh, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at me Ryan Rowe. You can follow Ryan on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat, and you can follow me on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. Danny, uh, what do you want to tell our listeners about your work and where to find you? Before uh, you, go? you can find me at superheroeseveryday.com uh, and I am also on Twitter. And uh, yeah, and please come by and check it out. Yeah, well, once again, co-signed. Highly recommended. <laughs> I'll just thank you guys what, very much for uh, for having me here for uh, for Henson's Last Bow. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's always great to have you on. Always a pleasure to have you on. I, I'm actually really excited to see once this episode has been edited where this ranks in the like the the ranking of longest episodes yeah, of this podcast. It might be it might be the new record holder. We will see. Um, in any case. Thank you, as always, to Stacey Rosen for our theme music and to Morgan Davey for designing our logo. And thank you to you listeners for your support and for leaving us a positive review wherever you get your podcasts. Tell all your friends to listen, and we'll be back in the future with another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Bye. Got a brand new phone to call my own. (laughs) 